you got me thinking if it was really worth it Putting it all at this effort just to end up less than perfect But on our great intentions, something used for our protection Are they just another way to force out imperfections? I guess I'm just effective, pointed in the wrong direction The library in my head has one fucked up selection Now children, pay attention, or you'll receive detention Cause after this, you'll be tested on your own reflection Hey. That's not bad. That's not bad. Could be better. Yeah, you know. You know how the shit goes. Yeah. Wait, are we recording? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> hey guys, King welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the 40 Ounce Fridays podcast. This is episode 90. Holy shit, we're, we're almost to 100 now. After this, we'll be counting them down, pretty much. Uh, how you feel about that? You, 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 we were just saying, like, talking about how you, you've almost done 30 episodes now. Yeah. Well, now you've done 20. Yeah, now I've done, like, 20. Or at, you, at least almost 20. Almost. Jo- next, next episode will be 20, because you came yeah, in on 71. episode 71. Yeah. Yeah. So, damn, dude. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy you haven't fired me yet. Especially because <laughs> uh, last time I... Uh, I was so sloppy that I got information wrong, so... Yeah, I let Ryan roll with it. <laughs> it's okay, though, because before the, the episode before that, I was high as shit. Dude. So... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I guess, you know, it all worked out in the end. Yeah. Everything rolls up together. But yeah, guys, fuck yeah. Uh, I think I think we will be counting them down. We'll be, we'll be rolling down the train on the way to episode 100, starting next episode. I was, I was actually thinking, uh, real quick, I was actually thinking about this earlier today, since we're almost there, that every week, uh, from 91 until we get to 100, that, uh, I bring up, you know, or, like, kind of, like, bring back something I used to do in the earlier episodes of the podcast, like, maybe, like, a rant or stuff like that, because, I mean, I still rant, but I don't rant like how I used to rant. <laughs> in those pod those older when i was yeah. by myself like oh man i would yeah. go off so uh stuff like that or just like older subjects i would like cover rather than you know having a structure mm. just like reminisce yeah and then like we could do like uh four or five episodes of that and then the second five could, we could reminisce on like early days when you came in throughout yeah. these first 20 and then we get to episode 100 and- maybe with episode 100 we can like kind of break away from uh how you know us just talking about current events and stuff in gaming anime and music we could just make it about us we can give them our origin story the origin story yeah we could do that i'm down for that so we'll go back and forth being like oh kyle you want to talk about the time this happened or yeah yeah no that'd be fun i'd yeah. actually be down for that give them a little insight into who we are but yeah consider uh next week this or not next week uh next episode the start of a, a new little mini series i guess on the road to 100 so Path to affiliate yeah <laughs> so we'll have, we'll have 10 of those that'll be cool i think that'd be cool but anywho ryan how are you dude um here here i am bringing the vibe back down again um <laughs> i i watched a pretty incredible docuseries um, okay what'd you it's, watch it's uh well um as we all know um about uh seven days ago a certain event happened 20 years ago Yes. Um, talking about 9-11. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a really incredible docu-series on Hulu called okay. 9-11, One Day in America. It's six episodes. 
Uh, the first episode's like an hour and 20 minutes. The rest mm. of them are 45 minutes. Okay, okay. My God, it it's the most... It has all the most incredible footage you could see there. And it has people who survived it mm. and all the first responders and everything like telling their stories there's so many incredible stories in there and i've just been thinking non-stop about it because it, it was a really well done series and i finished it last night and man i gotta say like it was bittersweet okay like well yeah i mean that makes sense uh, one of the most incredible stories is a guy who got out he was in one of the offices that the first plane hit. Shit. He stared and he got out. out. Yeah, he was staring out the window and saw the plane coming. Fuck. And man. he got covered. He like pretty much was ended up under his desk, and I think that's what helped him. And it's like this crazy story about how like this group of people were moving downstairs, mm. and one lady runs up and she's like, "It's all on fire up there. We gotta go up. We gotta go up." Holy. And shit, like dude. I get in the moment. Like, I would be like, okay, let's, let's go up. But, like, in hindsight, it's like, no, you just go down. You get out of there. Mm-hmm. But one guy, I guess, thought he heard a voice. So he didn't go up with the rest of them. And he went and looking, and he found this guy. And they made it out together. And it's unknown if the rest of that group who went up got out. Oh, fuck, Yeah, it's dude. like, it's so fucked, man. There's so many crazy stories. It's- like. It's crazy to think about that because like we're we're 27 now. Yeah, we were like what in kindergarten when 9/11 or like before. We were in second grade because it was second grade. It was 2001. We were those special people. No, no, it was first grade. No, no, like kindergarten. No, no, it was it was um it was second grade because we were that special. Oh Oh, shit! shit. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. We're gonna pause really quick and I'll tell you why. (laughs) So yeah, we were talking about 9-11. No, no, um, <laughs> uh, side note, uh, my clumsy ass knocked my beer over and some of it spilled on my laptop and on my desk. So, you know, I just spent the last few minutes wiping it down. It, it's fine. Not a lot spilt on it. So it doesn't look like it's going to cause long-term damage. Pray that it doesn't cause long-term damage or yeah. we really will be uh, revisiting the olden days back when I recorded the podcast on my phone. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. That's how I started for a while. I think for like the first 20 something episodes I recorded on my phone mm. before I got my computer. And then I started recording on the computer. I mean, if the worst comes to worst, we can just use my computer. That too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, instead of helping, by the way, I just, uh, confirmed with Kyle that we were in fact in second grade. <laughs> oh, no, he got up and brought me some paper towels. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was it was really interesting. I, I recommend no matter what side you are on 9-11, whether you think it's a conspiracy theory, <clears throat> dumb fucking idiot. Like, especially... I'm not even going to beat around a bush. Y'all just fucking stupid. The George Bush. Huh? 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 Continue. I'm sorry. No, but like, (laughs) side note, watching that, you kind of are just like, say what you want about the man. He handled it the best he could. Yeah. If you really like think back on it and look at it. Like, my favorite. uh, There's so many things that could have been done better or differently. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah. My favorite uh, thing, my favorite thing that people say is just like, when it happened, he just sat there and with uh, kept reading with the kids. And I was like, well, what would you do if you were <laughs> supposed to tell children? Like, yeah. they're not going to understand what the fuck is happening. It, it makes me think of Scary Movie uh, 4 
when uh, it's like, you mean all these kids' parents might be dead right now? Like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> come and on. It's like I remember because because speaking from example, I remember like back when 9/11 was, ha- I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. So when I turn on the TV to come home, you know, watch cartoons and this shit is on, I'm like, what is this? Like, little Kyle doesn't understand what event just took place or the magnitude of it. Yeah. He's supposed to just, like, all right, children, you know, now playing just, like, like, what the fuck? The, (laughs) The best thing to do is to keep the peace because there's only so much that the president can do in a different part of the country when stuff is going when stuff is going down first responders handled it the best they could like yeah. what was he supposed like, to do we, we clearly were not prepared for that event of course which yeah. drastically changed a lot of things yeah. in america in terms of like security especially with airports yeah so you gotta understand like and that was like 20 years ago yeah that's 20 years yeah 20 years ago yeah Sheesh. you know if, if i can just say one thing to help disprove um some of the controlled demolition theories um the way the twin towers are built mm-hmm. um a lot of the structure was not along the sides of the building but a big steel beam in the center mm-hmm. so think about it like this a plane comes in blows up this center piece holding it together the top of it starts collapsing in on itself it's pretty much collapsing inwards yeah so yeah it's not gonna fall to the side like i'm sorry <laughs> i can't wait for uh them to be like finally we get comments and it's gonna be from those people who are just like you fucking imbeciles yeah <laughs> like oh this is the attention i wanted yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll take it as we get it yeah why not bad press is good press you're right yeah you're definitely right let's be controversial as fuck <laughs> oh, oh my man. god but uh, I guess all in all, I, I honestly, I, I do recommend the series. It's really good. Yeah, depending on whether, no matter what side you are on in the issue, it's more about the people who were there than the politics of it. Mm. And that's one thing I really do appreciate. There's no like, so people saying there's no thing of someone saying the president handled it badly or the president had handled it poorly or the terrorist this. It's they don't even talk about the like the terrorists they talk about the people Mm. and there's a really good story in there about that one those those four civilians who led a led a group of people in the fourth plane to fight back against the terrorists and crashed it into a field rather than who knows where it was going to go i i recommend watching it 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 yeah. puts a new perspective on life and check it you, out you realize especially if you're you know younger than us because you probably like yeah barely remember that shit and yeah. they teach it in school so at all yeah um but yeah yeah you're right yeah i'll definitely check it out uh hulu does have some good documentaries mm-hmm. i remember i watched one on fire festival because i know oh. netflix had one too the hulu but the one, one on hulu called the netflix one out too they're mm-hmm. like they're working with those people. Yeah, the Hulu, was like, really, the Hulu one was really good. They yeah. go really into how yeah. Jaw fucked up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. It, it, you, you, the Hulu one definitely makes you think like, "Wow, this guy got played by Jaw Rule." <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. It, it, fucking Jaw Rule. Jaw Rule to this day still pleads innocence on that shit, and I'm like, "Come on, bro." <laughs> My favorite little story was this, like how Blink One Eighty Two was on the lineup, but then when they saw like how little of organization there there was they're like we're not doing this 
<laughs> Fucking blink. Oh my god. It, it is a crazy thing. Like, I know some people like to point out, like, oh my god, a bunch of rich white people complaining about um, food and uh, water and all this and all that. And it's like, yes, okay, there's like, they only had like limited water and food and like, yeah, you can survive off that. But that's not the point. It's the point that these people showed up to this festival with nothing on them. Yeah. Thinking that they were going to be provided housing. And, yeah, like and, they were promised all the... That's why they paid for the ticket. That's yeah. why they paid for such an expensive ticket. Yeah. Because they expected all... If you put money into something and don't get it, of course you're going to be mad. Like, yeah. It has nothing to do with them being rich or not. Yeah. Like, they were cheated out of money. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, fuck you guys. Well, no matter what walk of life you are, like, everyone's a victim there. Yeah. <laughs> Except Ja. Except Ja. <laughs> Ja claims he's a victim. Oh my god. Like, <laughs> it's so sad because I had so much fun being like, yeah, man, fuck yeah, Ja Rule. But now I'm like, man, fuck Ja Rule. Right? <laughs> like, oh, man. What? Oh, man. How are you? How are you, man? I'm good. I'm doing good. Chilling, vibing, you know. Uh, been playing a lot of Tales of Arise since it came out. I will, I will be talking about that. I was going to do a first impressions, but the game's not super long, which isn't a bad thing, honestly. Uh, I'll talk about it, but it's it's still a it's still like gonna do you at least a solid forty hours if you do like the bare minimum, and I'm doing everything, so I'm I'm already over forty hours. But I'll talk about what I played so far because there is kind of like a split off in the story, so I'll talk Ooh. about that. But yeah, I've been doing that. Um, I've been playing uh, or I've been watching uh, Wu Tang and American Saga. Ooh, so that that's a show on Hulu. It's a Hulu original series. 40 Ounce Friday, sponsored by Hulu. I, pff, nigga, I wish. Uh, Hulu just raised their fucking uh, ad-free subscription plan by a dollar. Oh, really? Yeah, so in October, it's going to be uh, 13 instead of 12. Uh, it's not that bad, but at the same time, I'm like, don't don't be Netflix now. Yeah. Don't be Netflix don't right now. Don't do it. But yeah, like I, I, it's a dollar I can take to hit. But um, yeah, It's worth it because they do have one of the best, like like systems out there oh no i i agree fully with that i actually like the way hulu has it set up and it doesn't auto play when you're just looking at the description yeah i netflix. just want to look i i fucking hate that i yeah. fucking hate it like netflix shut up i don't want to hear all that shit yeah. while i'm trying to like read a description you're like trying to pick which bojack episode and all of a sudden like stop <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's a good show it and it's been a minute since it finally season two came out because season one came out in like 2019 so it's been like almost two years yeah uh i've only watched the first two episodes as of this recording we're recording actually saturday the 18th so as of this recording there's four episodes out i think they aired like they put out the first three episodes same day and then they're just gonna do it weekly it's a good show it's not like a one-to-one -one, like exact like this was exactly their lives before they were the wu-tang clan and building it up like some stuff you know is written so it flows better and tells a story and certain aspects are changed like uh rizza doesn't have as many siblings like certain like siblings are fused into one character and stuff oh okay but rizza is one of the main writers and creators for the show mm. so you know there's a lot of like actual source yeah being used to influence how it goes it's very good it's very good the the excuse me the actors that play like the characters portray them very well uh dave east is uh method man if you guys know who dave okay. east is he's a rapper he plays method man um, Shamik Moore. If you don't know who Shamik Moore is, uh, he, I think, first got a name for himself off that fucking Nick Cannon show, Incredible Crew. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, he was one of the more talented people. I think the dude that voiced Finn was on that show too. Oh, really? Yeah. And then uh, Shamik Moore also did the movie. Ah, what the fuck is that movie called? It's a really good movie. I actually really liked it. It's going to bug me if I don't <laughs> look it up. But he plays uh, Raekwon. Raekwon the chef. Uh, he does a really good job. I didn't even realize it was him at first until my mom brought it up. She was like, yeah, that's Shamik Moore. And I was like, it is, isn't it? Like, he does a really good job, like, portraying that character. And Shamik Moore, he's, like, only a year younger than us. Wow. <laughs> dope. That's what the movie's called. That. Oh, dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was the main actor in that. But, yeah, he plays Raekwon. And he, so he wears, like, a fat suit because Shamik Moore is actually in shape. And Raekwon's a big dude. And it's funny because I guess they were talking to him about it. And I guess, like... His fat suit's gonna get bigger as the series goes along because Raekwon gains a lot of weight. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like he he does a phenomenal job playing that character. Like like I said, I didn't even realize it was him until my mom actually brought it up to me. I was like, holy shit, that is him. Like so, uh, the dude that plays I forget his name, uh, old dirty bastard. Oh, perfect, perfect role, perfect casting. He nailed it. He is old dirty bastard. And then uh, Joey Badass. He's he's a rapper. I'm sure people know about him. He's pretty. He's He's really good. He's really talented. If you haven't listened to Joey Badass, you should try it. Go ahead. He's an underrated Do rapper. It. But uh, he was playing uh, Inspector Deck in uh, season one. He's no longer on the show, but I think it like conflicted with other schedules because he he's doing other shows and other stuff too. So they recasted the dude. The dude, the new dude is is fine. Uh, I've only seen like two episodes, and he's not like heavily in it yet. So we'll see how it goes, but. I really enjoy it, so uh, if you're into Wu-Tang, the Wu-Tang Clan, this is definitely something you should check out if you're a fan. Or if you're not even a fan, it might get you into them. It's nice to see like kind of like the story being told, even if it is like not a one-to-one -one exact telling. It's it's very good, it's very interesting, and they do a good job. So check it out, check it out. It's still early in, you're only on season two, so you got plenty of time to catch up. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing that. I've been playing Tales of Arise. I've been watching that, you know, just chilling, um, finishing up music stuff, just about have all the songs done. So I just got to look for, uh, you know, some production where like beats and stuff and then I can move in and start, move on and start recording. So we'll be doing that. Just vibing. All right. You know, all right. Cruising, cruising. Yeah. So not Tales much, but, but I am, I am doing stuff. So, <laughs> oh, also I used to do, I, I guess this will be good for the road to 100 too. Uh, before, uh, you joined, I, I had started playing, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses yeah. around the time when the pandemic started and I wanted to review each route and mm. I've only reviewed two routes and there's three, technically three and a half because one of the routes splits oh. into, into two different paths in the second half. But I've done like the Golden Deer route and I've done the Blue Lion route and I reviewed them and talked about them on the podcast. And I had recently, like maybe like two, three weeks ago, I'd finished the, uh, two weeks ago. It was like dead ass before Tales of Arise came out. Um, I finished the Black Eagle route, which is the one that splits into two. So I did the main route for that. For people who've played Fire Emblem Three Houses, I did the Crimson Flower route for part two. So I, I sided with big old forehead Edelgard. Um, <laughs> she got a big ass forehead, bro. Yeah. It's a meme in the community. Um, so I guess for one of those Road to 100s, we could throw a throwback to that because it's been a while since I actually reviewed Three Houses. Yeah. So I, I can do that path. I just got so like burnt out on playing the story 
It's good, but like the first half of, regardless of which route you pick, the first half of the gameplay is almost exactly the same. Oh, so yeah. you kind of get like, oh my god, yeah, I've done this already. There's like differences because it's different people and you're focusing on different story aspects. But for the most part, like the main plot moves along the same until you get to like the end of part one. Mm. Then in the part two, it's very different because yeah. you're on that side officially. So uh, I'll talk about that. So it'll be a while before I finally do the church route. I will do the church route though because that's the only other route I haven't done now. That way we can finish it, but it'll be a while because after I do Tales of Arise, I'm finally going to pick up the Mass Effect trilogy. But yeah, so I guess for the one of the Road to 100s, we can do that. Okay. I'm if you want to hear me uh, talk about fucking Fire Emblem for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whether or not I want to. It'll yeah, happen, no, you going to hear it. But I absolutely want to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, speaking of games, uh, we got a very game heavy, and then we're going to have some music stuff to go into after that. Ryan's going to have a little music review. And um, some other music review stuff, too. We, we ain't gonna talk about it too much yet. Let's uh, do the game stuff first. So, recently, uh, they did the, uh, what is it, the PlayStation Showcase yeah. for 2021. Very good. Very good shit. Yeah. I'm not a console war person. I think that shit is stupid. Yeah. And this isn't coming from someone who owns all three consoles, previous gen for two of them technically now. But um, I've always thought it was dumb, even like before I had my PlayStation and my Switch back when I had my... I'm like, who the fuck cares? They're video games. Yeah. Be happy games are coming out. Uh, but Sony, but Sony did a good job. Like this is a good showcase. Yeah. I, they did the damn thing. They Makes me be like, all right, I'm buying a PS5 in two years. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I, we won't go over everything they showed in detail. Uh, but we'll talk about the big stuff. So uh, one of the big big things is uh, Wolverine. Wolverine Ooh. is getting a game. Insomniac, in, the people who made uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, yeah, are making a Wolverine game. It's same universe too. Oh, right. Uh, they confirmed it's same universe. Yeah, and I heard it's a semi-open world. Oh, okay. Which I appreciate. Yeah. I, I, overworld, uh, overworld games, um, open world games are kind of burning out for me. Yeah. Because people are just like, let's make a big ass map that you can walk around in, but there isn't shit to do in it. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite content creators, Black Hokage. Shout out to Black Hokage, too, by the way. I yeah. forgot about this, but I, I want to bring it up because I love seeing black people win, and I really like the Black Hokage, and I really love his content. Awesome dude. Uh, a few months back, G4 announced that they were doing a full revival, which, you know, nerds everywhere rejoiced. Yeah. Fuck yeah, G4. But a lot up. of the original people, like Adam West... Um, Adam West? You mean Adam, Adam Sessler? Adam West. R.I.P. R.I.P. Adam West. Imagine. Imagine if, they still, if he was still around and he was on there. Adam Sessler, Morgan Webb, uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin yeah, Cabrera. Cabrera. Peralta. <laughs> I'm forgetting these white people's names. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, recently the Black Hokage announced that he is actually joining with G G4. So he's... Yeah. Full time, he's full on. It's not like a part thing. He's like on G4. He's like gonna be with them once things show up. He's recently moved to LA and during like one of his streams, he revealed like this isn't even like the house I'm in. This is this is a green screen. I'm actually at G4 headquarters Dude. right now. Like like he he was like super stoked and I, yeah. I was so stoked for him because I haven't watched him like super long. He's been around for a while, but I've watched him for maybe about like I want to say four or five years, and it's just cool to see the fucking come up. Yeah. Like, you, I love to see black people winning. Yeah. Like, okay. especially black people I fully support. I'm, I'm excited here to see what um, 
if uh, there is any team up between Black Hokage and Fiona Nova. Like, oh yeah, yeah, because uh, the, the little skit they did <laughs> when he announced it too. He did a he did it on his stream and then he uh, uploaded a skit to his YouTube channel announcing it. <laughs> I was just like, that's so fucking cool. Yeah, I was I was so stoked to see that. They swooping up on some great black content creators. Yeah, that's it, that's for it sure. Put a, it put a smile on my face to see that happen, man. Like a genuine smile. Uh, so yeah, niggas winning, and if you hating, <laughs> you probably a nigga that's losing. <laughs> But back to games, yeah, Wolverine game, yeah, but Black Hokage always says that, like, he's tired of, like, the open world shit, and I, I like, I, I got it originally when he started saying that, like, a few years back, but I was just like, I don't know, man, open world is fun, I like, it. but, like, as I've gotten older, too, <laughs> like, yeah, I agree, I'm tired of that shit, y'all don't put nothing in this game, yeah. just stuff it full of, like, 200 side quests that are, like, mostly the same, and you're like, open world, yeah, look, it's open world, look, but you can't do shit in it. You just walk around. Yeah. Oh, look, a rock. So I appreciate, like... Like, I'm not saying it needs to be 100% linear. But, like, I do appreciate the semi-open world idea where, like... It's linear for, like, the main story part. But, like, as you travel around, you can diverge off the path and do other little things. Yeah. But it's not, like, too much where it's just all this empty space. Like, everything on the map or in the world has a purpose. And I like that. So, uh, Wolverine being semi-urban world is sounds good to yeah. me. I like that model. What I'm excited, too, is, like, what was great about Spider-Man is, like, yeah, you had this big city, but you can get from point A to point B either by swinging or using the subway. I'm excited about getting from point A to point B on a fucking motorcycle. Oh, <laughs> like, you're right. Like, they, you better throw... If, if the Wolverine game doesn't have a fucking bike in it, like, damn. That'd be cool. I'm also excited because, like, it, this Wolverine game it has to have three characters in it. Okay. It has to have Sabretooth, of course. Of course. Makes I really sense. want a fight with the Hulk. Oh, okay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And similar yeah. to how Taskmaster was in Spider-Man, I want, like, not integral to the plot, but a fun side series quest of Deadpool. Hmm. No, that would be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We Wolverine, back in the day, like mid to early mid 2000s was overused a fuck ton mm -hmm. like he was shoved in people's faces but especially since the x-men movies mainly yeah but um we haven't had like just soul wolverine content in a long time yeah especially when marvel vs. capcom infinite came out and like none of the fucking x-men were in it <laughs> huh. so so it was just like and wolverine was like one of the staples in that game so yeah. it was just weird not to see him it, it's crazy that one of the last Wolverine game-related things was Wolverine X-Men Origins the game. Terrible movie, but one of the best superhero games out there. <laughs> like, Isn't it weird when shit works out like that? Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> like, man, that show, that movie sucked, but that game? Fire. That game People put it on par with Spider-Man 2. It's like, that's how Sonic Boom was in reverse. Sonic Boom is an awful fucking game, but the Sonic Boom cartoon show was actually pretty fucking funny. Top tier. Like, I actually was like, I like watched it, I was like, this is really good. The, it sucks that game is awful. The, uh, the <laughs> best joke in the Sonic Boom series is when Sonic and Vector are doing a stakeout, and then Sonic's like, this is boring, and he's like, it like cuts to, and, he, and he's like, oh, this is boring, we've been waiting here for a while, and Vector's like, well, you know, it's not like in movies and shows where it just instantly cuts to when they find him. 
oh, there he is. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah, no, like they they did a solid job with like the humor in that, yeah. and I actually really enjoyed it. It just did not work in that game. That game was a rushed, cluttered mess. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of how uh, the Wolverine game was, but like flip flop. Yeah. Because X Men Origins Wolverine is so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. <sighs> I'm excited about this. I'm excited yeah. to slash up people. Better be raiding them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, since we're talking about, you know, Insomniac, the people who uh, made this Amazing Spider-Man 1 game, mm -hmm. they're making a Spider-Man 2. Ooh, and we got Venom. Miles and Peter. And you know Miles still got that clean hairline he had from that expansion. Ooh. Sequel, expan whatever you fuck you want to call it. The Miles Morales Spider-Man game. That was on the PS5. <laughs> um, but you know he about to have that clean hairline. Yes, Venom would be there. Craven. 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 We were just talking about Craven a few episodes back yeah. too, and I and I was saying like I have like this like low key like love for Craven the Hunter he's so because cool. of like the fucking Spider-Man cartoon. So I'm happy to see that he's gonna be in this. <laughs> like, I'm just like fuck yeah, bring me some Craven, bro. I'm down. I'm down. I feel like the plot's gonna go like this. It's gonna go like, um, you know, Spider-Man and Miles, like Peter and Miles, like, you know, fighting crime around the city, and maybe it'll swap between them. Mm -hmm. And then Peter's like Miles, man, you know, with yeah. great power, yeah, <laughs> it's great responsibility. I just want a venom bite, niggas. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like uh, Peter's going to get the symbiote, right? Mm. And he's gonna start being a little anti-hero. And I feel like we're going to have a cool part where. Miles is trying to stop Peter from doing something bad, and you play as Miles fighting Peter. That'd be really good. And that'd be really good. Throughout that whole half of it, Craven's gonna be the villain, mm -hmm. and then the symbiote breaks off, and then it's going to be Venom as the villain. That's how I feel it's gonna go. I'd be down. I'm so down. God. Yeah, cause cause the first Spider Man that game was so good. I'm so glad that that game was so good. I'm so glad that uh, Spider-Man content is no longer either Peter or Miles. It's been Peter and Miles. Yeah, and I love it. I love yeah, it. they're actually trying to tell a story and weave like a world. Yeah. So I appreciate that a lot that they're trying. Avengers. Marvel's Avengers. Oh man, I still have the Gold Edition sitting on my PC unplayed. Fucking Marvel's Avengers. Shame on you. Shame on you. The that that game is a is a like is textbook definition of wait for the reviews before you buy it. Yeah. And, and people are like, it's not that bad. I don't trust that shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've seen like too much footage of people of supporting people's claims. I've seen too many analyses with footage of people's claims being supported to like have that outweigh what you're saying is good about it. Yeah. Or not outweigh what you're saying is good about it. I, I, like I said, Jump Force, I got fucking so, like, burned so hard on Jump Force, I just can't do it again. So I'ma go with my gut and just say, like, yeah, that don't look too good. I'm not gonna pick that up unless it's, like, real ass cheap. Yeah. Like, if it's, like, a $20 pickup one day or some shit, maybe I'll pick it up. Th that's how I bought and it. And I'll be like, and I'll just try it. I, I bought it for twenty dollars and then I but was like, like, oh. Even when the demo was first coming out, like when we wouldn't like there wasn't a full it didn't look that interesting to me. It really didn't look that interesting to me. Mm. Like some like the coolest stuff to me was honestly like that Black Widow fight against Taskmaster. And every no one felt like playing as Black I'm gonna put a storm. Oh. 
I'm like, that Black Widow fight actually looked pretty detailed yeah. and fun. Um, but yeah, like, it didn't look that appealing to me at all. It just... <sighs> you tried. It was like, kind of like, it looked like a generic RPG with like a Marvel skin on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I would label it as. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. Like I said, I haven't played it. That's why I haven't like really actually, I haven't reviewed it because of course I haven't fucking played it. I don't review anything I haven't played. I'm just saying from what it looked like to me, it didn't look too hot. And from what a lot of people have said and shown, <laughs> it don't look too hot. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I hear the stories all right, but it's like a lot of the gameplay and all that. Yeah. Like one, one can't isn't enough to carry the other. Yeah. Which is why I'm excited about another remake that they're announcing mm. the uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Yes, yes, yes. Great yes, story. Sir. But let me tell you, I tried revisiting that game a couple months back. It doesn't hold up gameplay wise. Oh my God. I was sitting there like, dude, like this, <laughs> this is not, nah, this is enough for me now. <laughs> As a kid, I was like, wow, Star Wars. Isn't that like so fucking like shocking? Yeah. You'd just be like, man, I love this game. What the fuck? Man? Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited <laughs> to play it with more modern gameplay. Yeah. Maybe a little more fast-paced, too. Oh, yeah. I, I, With how things are now, I can definitely see that. Yeah. I know some fucking, like, people, some diehards are going to be like, purist. They should make it a one-to-one. Stop. No. Stop asking for one-to-one remakes. You can buy the original game for, like, like, three bucks on Steam. I fucking hate. What the fuck is the point of remaking something if it's going to be exactly the same? Just get a remastered there. Yeah. Just remastered if it's going to be exactly the same with like some updates and some, uh, yeah. you know, quality of life changes. Yeah. Like with the Mass Effect trilogy, that didn't need to be remade. The remaster is great. That like, like it just needed to be touched up. Yeah. Just tweak a little, tweak a little here, yeah. a little there, add a little of the gameplay components of the but later, if latter games. But they made the Mass Effect trilogy, like I would not be shocked if they made a bunch of changes because it's a remake. Yeah, um, like three new partners, some more story, story points. Like maybe some changes to the. I mean, I think everyone would appreciate a different Mass Effect three ending, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just like, like what do you guys expect? Like they're not gonna take their time to remake something just for it to be exactly the same. Yeah. Like when when people are bitching about the Final Fantasy seven remake, I'm like, Final Fantasy seven is literally on fucking everything. Yeah. It's literally on. E- it's on PlayStation, it's on Switch, it's on Xbox. I think it's still on Game Pass. I'm pretty sure you can get if it on If it's not computer. on Game Pass, you can buy Yeah, you, you, you could have gotten it on computer so long ago. It's been on PS3. It's on everything. It is not hard to get your hands on an original, like, FF7. Yeah. Like, it's on everything. I think you can even play on mobile. You can play on your Samsung Smart Fridge. Probably. Probably. Like, that's how fucking accessible it is. So you complaining about a remake that's going to be... Play the original! (laughs) I want to update graphics. Well, they're not going to fucking do that. They're not going to waste their time. That's stupid. I wouldn't want to spend money and time making a game I already fucking made. (laughs) And it's it's crazy, too, because it's like, yeah, update the graphics. Think think about the gameplay of the original Final Fantasy VII. All right, so... So you see these updated graphics, you're like, wow, I can't wait for this action, fast-paced combat, and then and they just the stand there. it's the same game. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong, the ATB gauge system is great. It's still fun. I still play the OG Final Fantasy. It's still great. Yeah. It's still a good time. But if I'm playing something new, like like a remake or something, I do want something different. And the action-based combat, 
does fit it. And a lot of people are like, it's too linear. Well, we already know the story in the world. They're doing a remake to have different changes and a different vibe. Yeah. So having like these more like long form, like they're, they are a bit, they are more so leaning towards the linear side. There are like, you know, sections and towns where you can wander around and do side quests and explore and look around and stuff. But like when you get to main missions, it is a bit more linear, but it works for that game because it is being more story driven. And it is for more of the experience of you being in that world and in that story that it just fits better to be that way. Not everything, again, has to be open world. Like, they're focusing more on this. They're honing in, essentially. Yeah. And that worked for the atmosphere of it. And I had a good time playing it, regardless. And you're not going to notice that it's linear because you're so in the moment. You're exploring. You're those characters. You're doing the thing. So, what the fuck is the big deal? Like, like honestly, Final Fantasy VII Remake was probably, like, my favorite game for last year. And the only thing I would want differently for it... Well, I mean, I would love if it was just the whole fucking remake is one game. Sucks that it's got to be in parts, but it's in parts. But if we're being realistic, the only thing I would add to it was, like, a, a boss rush mode or something. Oh, okay. Because all the boss fights were so fun. That was probably, like, the best part of the game where, like, the bo each boss fight was so unique. They were none of the boss fights were the same. They were all so unique and different. Like I would have loved a boss rush mode where you could choose between any of like the four party members and form a team and just do random boss mode boss fights. That's like cool. at harder difficulties or something. Like if I want to do a boss fight again, I have to play like that chapter or that section, which isn't a bad thing. I like playing the game, but it's like, damn, I just wish I could just play the fucking boss fights over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> I get you on that. But yeah, stop, stop complaining. But uh, Knights of the Old Republic remake that I'm down. Yeah, down Star it's, Wars. It's PS5 exclusive. Yeah. But... Uh, so in two years when we get the PS5s. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else is coming out? God of War Ragnarok. We got Ooh. we got a first look at that. Uh, we got a first look at people bitching. Oh my god. Um, but before we get into that, can we just talk about how good the game looks? Yeah, it looks really good. It looks really fucking looks really good. good. I'm so down. I think they said Ragnarok's gonna end like the Norse portion of the God of War story. Okay. I think they said they're only gonna do two parts for it, which is fine. Yeah. I it, it slightly nags me because I'm like the type of like I said three act structure yeah. trilogy thing. I like things like that. Yeah. So it kind of nags me, but at the same time, just like if they can tell the story within two games and don't need a third one, fine. Yeah. Don't make a third one. Three three acts always work. Three act like the trilogies always work. Mm -hmm. You got your uh, um, your Lord of the Rings. You got your Star Wars. You got the first three Pirates of the Caribbean. You yep. have your Adele albums. Like <laughs> trilogies just work. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, correct. So it's it's but yeah, like truly, and they're always safe because you can portion your story out properly. Uh, and it's just a nice little template to go by. But um, if if they're like, yeah, we can just finish this now, then yeah, finish it now. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It, and if you want to move on to a different like culture or society or do something different after that, yes. Yeah. Do what God of uh, do what uh, Assassin's Creed is doing, but do it good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Assassin's Creed is the example of like we are bloated with fucking side quests. And then, and then, then you want a side quest? Here's thirty of them. Tier 30 of them, and you want to get good out of it? Well, it's a live service, so you gotta, like... Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm gonna wait until more information is out about that before we talk about that. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, no, Ragnarok, 
is looking clean, boy. I'm it's looking so, clean, boy. So uh, happy about this Thor design. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, real quick, let's talk about that. Uh, people were mad about the Thor design. People were like, "What the fuck you trying?" Um, you niggas have been so babied and spoiled by Marvel Thor. <laughs> so fucking babied and spoiled. Um, Thor in original, like, actual Norse mythology is a redhead, burly, fat, tubby, not fat tubby, but, like, big belly strong man. Yeah. Not, like, you know, like, the world's strongest competition dudes? Yeah. Like, that's how Thor is built. Yeah. That's how he's supposed to look. He's not a buff, ripped, Australian blonde guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and he's also, like... An asshole, like more so than he's not—he's not like snobbish like Marvel Thor, mm -hmm. where like he needed to be humbled. Nothing against Marvel Thor, that is a character based on a Norse, like god. Yeah, and that's our, different. They're allowed to change stuff around and embellish. And despite having two of, uh, despite having one of the worst movies in the MCU, Thor is, I, in my yeah. opinion, the best written character in the entire MCU. I can agree with that. His plot I, I, is I, I, so can, good. I can see where you're coming from. His overall plot is just done so well. I can so vibe with well. that. Yeah. Like, like his, his growth as a, like, I don't want to say human being because he's a god. Yeah. But his growth as a character. It's it's very good development. I mean, like, he's a god, but he's technically an alien in Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, they, they, they're allowed to do that. They're adapting something and making it something for their universe. But God of War is taking, they're more so, like, actually using the mythos. Yeah closer to its source it's also not a one-to-one -one, of course because kratos is from greece and now he's fighting norse stuff yeah but you know what i mean they're like trying to be a little more authentic with it that's why thor looks like that and then let's also talk about the black girl uh and how stupid you fucking people are this is dumb you want to know why this is a dumb argument why is it none a dumb of these argument? gods are real <laughs> none of these gods are actual things out in the universe these are all made up things even from the mythos they're made up things and there's also not a lot of sources i forget the goddess name that's black in this god of war thing we're gonna there's there's also not a lot of fucking info about her like description like her direct description so they can interpret her how the fuck they feel like yeah <laughs> and i think people were like also saying like clapping back saying that like i think in a uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Don't quote me. I think it's an interpretation of her in Valhalla where she's like fucking blue. But no one bitched about that. But oh no, it's a black woman with <laughs> Oh, it's an issue. Who the fuck cares? Oh my goodness. It's a character design. <laughs> you guys sound dumb going against something. It's not real. There's no actual fucking photograph of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and, and to top it all off, black women are goddesses. Let's just throw that out there. Correct. I call my girlfriend a goddess every fucking day of my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's because black women are beautiful. Yeah. Gotta channel my Dr. Umar. <laughs> just a little bit, just a tad. <laughs> but um, it's, it, you guys sound silly. I, I, I wonder if you guys know how dumb you sound, how fucking yuck, goofy you niggas sound. Um, trying Fellers. to really, trying to really make this a fucking argument, cause it's not an argument. Please stop complaining. The game looks fantastic. Also, somebody was clipping like, or doing clip. I forget who. Somebody uploaded a video. They're using the same animations from the previous game, and, and if they are, so the fuck what? It was one game prior. Why would they? 
Why would they make a brand new fucking animation for, for Kratos and his son hopping into the fucking boat? Yeah. What the... Why? What? Yeah, let's make a new one from the ground up. Let's yeah. make it look different. This time... Or instead, just base it off the thing we already did and just make it prettier. All right. So in this <laughs> game, we, we, the, the one of the worst factors of uh, our God of War... Uh, was the way they got in the boat. So in this game, they're going to jump and flip and land standing on the boat and surf it. Yeah, it's just like, you niggas is weird. Nobody said anything in uh, Gold and Silver when it was the same surf animation, so <laughs> shut the fuck up. They don't look like Lepreth again! <laughs> it's so dumb. Like, the problem... One of the blessings for the internet nowadays is, you know, everyone's allowed to create content and have a voice like us. We get to have a podcast and yeah. talk about shit that we like talking about because we're nerds. But um, it's a double-edged sword because people get to talk about whatever they want to talk about. Mm. So <laughs> everyone's a fucking... Cr everyone thinks they're a critic. But people don't know how to properly critique things. And as pretentious as that sounds coming from me, I guess, I feel like for the most part... I, like, state when I have, like, a bias towards something or if I'm giving, like, a personal opinion on something. Yeah. And I also state when I'm talking about it objectively, like, standing back and looking at it. And if I don't do it initially, later in hindsight, I'll talk about, you know, in hindsight, this and this. Like with Sword and Shield, I do want to revisit Sword and Shield and talk about it some more because objectively, it's just all right. Yeah. But subjectively, I love Sword and Shield. I had a great time playing Sword and Shield. That's really good lore. I'll yeah, say that. I had a really, f I just had fun with Sword and Shield. There's something nostalgic about it to me. Subjectively, I love that game. I adore it. Objectively, yeah, it's, a, it's a Pokemon game. Yeah. It's alright. It's nothing too mind blowing. So yeah, I do want to revisit Sword and Shield. Maybe like do another playthrough or something of it, like doing the full story and then like doing the DLCs back to back instead of like having those gaps in between. So I think that'd be interesting just to get that full experience. The DLC also really helps the game, especially Crown Tundra. But that's extra content, so yeah. that also affects it. But yeah, like I, like I feel like I, I try my best at least to separate my bias from my opinion when I'm critiquing something or just in general talking about something or giving my own personal analysis on something. Like, even when I do my reviews, like when I did my Drake review, it's it's just my opinion of the album. It's just how I felt about the album. If you think differently and you love Certified Lover Boy, don't let me saying I think it's just whatever diminish your enjoyment of something. I don't let people diminish my enjoyment of things. I enjoy something. Like, if somebody is like, I don't think Yu Yu Hakusho is that good, that doesn't hurt me. I still love Yu Yu Hakusho. I'm not going to be like, Man, this person doesn't like it, so I guess I can't like it anymore. Like, that'd be dumb. <laughs> like, of imagine. course, taking opinions and thoughts about... Yeah, imagine a world where, like, that was a thing. Like, taking opinions and thoughts from others, you know, because you'll see it from an angle you might have not have seen it before. But also, like, dude, have your own opinion. Have your own voice. Have your own bias. Have your own judgments. Look at something. Critique it how you feel like it should be critiqued. But a lot of people really don't know how to separate that or critique something, and they just want to nitpick. And they want yeah. the nitpicks to be, like, the big factors. Like, this is such an issue, and it's not really a like, big deal. Look at these trees. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Because I'm really stopping in the middle of my game to just look at a tree. Don't yeah. get me wrong. If, if a landscape is gorgeous in a game, I'm going to stop and, and yeah. take it in. And I'm just like... 
Also, side note on Sword and Shield when people are talking about the graphics, like the the water and the waves and shit. I remember when Genshin Impact came out and people were like, look at this, Genshin Impact's a free game from Sword and Shield, and they had it side by side and Genshin clearly looked better. You know what? Fair enough point. Fair enough point. I agree with you. Nintendo can be a little lazy on their graphic design. But I was looking at the water and the Sword and Shield shot and I was like, I don't, I don't remember it looking like that. It was in like the, um, the Isle of Armor part. Mm. And I was like, I don't remember it looking like, it looked better than that to me. And a few months ago, because the anniversary of us, uh, me moving into my place with my roommates, was the same day Isle of Armor came out. Mm. And I took a picture and uploaded to uploaded it to Facebook on, on my Switch of Isle of Armor of me being out in the water. And I was just like, we out here, boys. And in the anniversary, some Facebook memory showed it again. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this water looks way fucking better than that shot. I think they were taking like a shot from like handheld mode on the Switch. Oh. And then like comparing it to Genshin on maybe not necessarily the Switch or maybe on something else or maybe even on the Well, I don't even think it was on the Switch yet. I don't know. But like they were comparing that, I think they were comparing it to a handheld, handheld mode where the versus, resolution and versus the, graphics the three thousand dollar PC. Yeah, and then like when you put your Switch into the dock, you guys realize visually it's going to look better because it's in the dock. Yeah. So I think that's what happened. Mm. Because I was like, this water looks way more detailed in this picture I uploaded than what I saw in that that meme. So I'm not saying like, oh man, Sword and Shield looked fucking fantastic. It looked just like Genshin Impact. It didn't. Genshin Impact does, I think, definitely overall look better graphically. But I think y'all be making a big deal out of a lot of shit that doesn't need to be made a big deal. I understand the disappointment at wanting Game Freak to try harder, and it seems like they are with these new games coming up. But stop nitpicking so hard. You don't have to review and critique stuff so fucking critically. You don't have to go through every little detail. Nothing is going to be perfect. Yeah. Nothing. Not. I'm telling nothing. <laughs> Except Castlevania. That's a perfect. <laughs> that's a perfect horse. And if you disagree with me, you can suck these nuts. No, you can disagree with me. It's okay. Um, but it's just like nothing's gonna be perfect. You're always gonna find little issues or flaws in anything you look at if you look at it long enough. If you listen to it long enough. If you play it long enough. You're going to notice problems. Of course you are. That's not going to critically impact the game. It's not going to hurt it. <laughs> like, like, chill. Chill the fuck out. Smoke some weed, man. Yeah, for real. Smoke some weed and relax. Like, play the fucking game and actually enjoy it, nigga. God damn. I have a lot more fun with video games when I enjoy them. Me too. I wonder fucking why. <laughs> like... Like, golly. Oh, man. And speaking of enjoying games, Riot is a big Borderlands connoisseur. Oh, boy, I'm so and, happy. Uh, Ryan has been excited for this for a while now. Oh. He's talked to me about it for a while now. Dude. Uh, Dude. Tina's, uh, T Tiny Tina's Wonderlands oh. got a gameplay trailer oh. at the 21, uh, 2021 showcase. As soon as that baby metal hit, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Yeah, it's it's looking clean. I'm not so, even gonna lie. So like, all right, take your Borderlands, right? But make it Dungeons and Dragons. Soon they have a DLC like that. Yeah, but it wasn't necessarily Dungeons and Dragons. All right, so this game, you get to multi-class your characters. Uh oh, fuck it up. All right, talk to so these one, niggas. So one, one, you get to multi-class. Two, there's an overworld. So 
from what it seems, it's going to be like a D&D kind of thing. Like, you roll, and you move your guy through the overworld. Well, I don't know if you roll, but no. You move your little chibi character through the overworld, and uh, I guess you're going to have, like, enemy encounters, and that's how you do the fights and all that. Okay. From what I understand. Uh, one thing that I'm really excited about is the co- they they worked on the combat system. It's not just Borderlands with mm-hmm. a new style of how the game's played. Like, there's melee weapons. There's a cool thing where if you're if you melee an enemy but you're not close to them, you'll like slide towards them. So you, what you can do is you can do the the dash slide mm-hmm. and then melee. So you can like slide into them and jump up and go pop 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 pop. Oh, that's fucking neat. Oh, it looks so good. This magic. I'm so excited. And one thing that makes me wondering it makes me wonder is if um, it seemed based on a line in the beginning and the, at the end of the trailer. At the end of the trailer, Tina says, "Prepare to roll your character sheets." It could just be something for in game, like you know, for the context of the game, it being bunkers and badasses. Mm-hmm. But part of me feels like you're going to have to roll your character. Woo, that, that, that'd actually be really yeah. fun. Because I know a lot of people are like, I picked this character because of this specific thing, and I'm going to get this. It's like, this time it's like, just pick your class and hope for the best. Like That'd actually be really fun. Like, is is is, is it just going to be part of uh, Borderlands 3? It's uh no it's 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 a game. It's a standalone thing. It's a standalone game. Oh okay that's so, that's cool. Yeah, it's uh yeah. it's a standalone game. It's um, it's set in between two and three. Okay. Because Tiny Tina is um thirteen, mm-hmm. she's not a grown ass woman as she is in Borderlands three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's all all new characters. Dope. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. That that actually sounds really fun. Yeah. Uh, if if you guys if you've been lonely. And want to play D and D with the boys? This, yeah. this might be a way to play D and D with the boys. It, it's it's so fun because it's like Borderlands already took shoot and loot to like a whole new level, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, bro, like this is even further of a level. Like if you haven't uh, pause pause the podcast, pause the podcast, <laughs> go to YouTube, type in Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. The trailer alone will sell you. I'm. Okay. Guarantee it. It looks so beautiful. It's got the Ryan seal of approval on it. Mm-hmm. And I don't approve a lot of things, but I do approve a lot of things. <laughs> Somehow that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, I'll <laughs> tell everybody to try something, but I'm not going to tell you to, like, don't worry about it. Just buy it. This one, I'm like, don't worry about it. Just buy it. But who knows? Maybe closer to the release, I might be like, ooh, actually, maybe not. But I don't feel that way because I have yet to be 100% disappointed in the Borderlands game. Okay. All right. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. I'm really excited about this one. I, I think that's I think that's all the like the bigger stuff. Yeah. Like everything else, you know, some interesting stuff. Uh, we're getting an Alan Wake remaster. That's interesting. So I'm 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 stoked on that. Alan Wake was really cool. Uh, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection coming to PS5. So you know. Yeah, of course it is. More Uncharted. More GTA 5. Skyrim. why not? More Skyrim. Uh, they're adding fishing to Skyrim. And they're going to update all your previous, all previous games that have it. Fuck, man. It's fucking Skyrim. I know. I was like, Dovakin! Dovakin! <laughs> time to load another character. Oh, God. Just to be a fisherman this time. Oh, God. Just a wandering fisherman. So I play a, a heavy uh, one-handed uh, guy. Oh, yeah. Well, I play... Um, 
a light, uh, light, uh, mage. Well, I, I play like a sneaky archer. What about you? I'm, I'm a fisherman. <laughs> they just need to officially add like online multiplayer to Skyrim. If they're gonna yeah. keep fucking porting it, just yeah. let me play online with my friends. I know there's like a somebody was doing a mod that you could do co-op with a friend. Just, just fucking officially do it. Yeah. That would get me. That would definitely get me back into Skyrim. Yeah, we play the if shit. we could like hop on Skyrim together and just yeah. fuck around. I, I oh, totally down to just dick around with some mods on Skyrim. That'd be fun. That'd be fun as fuck. <laughs> so if you want me to get back in Skyrim, that probably would do it. Yeah. <laughs> I keep looking at my Skyrim icon on I my do PC, too. and I'm like, I want to play this, but I have to sit down and be like, okay, I have half a day to like grind out the beginning, and then. Mm -hmm. And I'll just start it, and I'll look at the main menu, and I'll be like. You know what? I actually don't feel like playing yeah. this. You look at your save file, you're like, oh yeah, I was in this cave. I don't really want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> what side story was I on? <laughs> like, shit like that. Wait, am I a werewolf? Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Rude, you're loud as hell. Oh, that was a loud siren. Yeah. It might pick it up. It might not. <laughs> uh, Deathloop got... Deathloop. 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 Deathloop got a story trailer. Deathloop looks interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for it. Uh, Tokyo Ghostwire. Go, Ghostwire Tokyo. Whatever it's called. Got a trailer. Got another trailer. I think it had one before. Uh, another Tom Clancy Rainbow Six game. The Rainbow Six games are actually pretty good. Yeah. So uh, that seems interesting. Project Eve. Project Eve looks pretty interesting too. So I, I'm, I'm going to be keeping an eye out for what that's all about. And some other stuff, you know, like Gran Turismo, another fucking driving game. If you're into driving games, more power to you. Gran Turismo 7. Uh, <laughs> like, no, like, not even joking. Like, more power to you. <laughs> um, I'm always down for people to, to get more games. Yeah. And I, 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 that, seems, that seems to be about it. Yeah, it's like... It was a solid showcase. It had, like, you know, like, four big things and then, like, a lot of new stuff and a lot of new footage for stuff already announced yeah. so i liked it because it was like here's all that we're working on we don't have all the details but this is it and we're like all right cool bet yeah <laughs> so good job good job on you playstation it was a good show and for the most part it was very well received a lot of people gave yeah. it a positive reception so good job good job yeah um so since we're still in the games uh let me talk about tales of arise so, Tales of Arise came out September 10th, so it's been it's been a little over a week now. I have not finished the game, but like I said, the game's probably not that long altogether. I think, like, if you just did the main story purely, uh, without any, like, grinding or side questing or anything like that, you'd probably finish it within 40 hours. I'm doing more than that, so I'm about, like, 50-something hours in. I'm also a very, like, slow player. I get into the details of an RPG, so I take my time with it. But I should be done with it. If it, if it has the same pace as, like, the first portion I've played, uh, probably within another week I should be done with it. Uh, but I'm going to talk about what I've played so far instead of just giving, like, an, in general first impressions. Because without... You know what? Fuck it, because I probably am going to spoil some stuff. I'm not going to try to heavy, heavy spoiler shit, but there probably will be spoilers slipping out here and there. So if you're interested in playing this game and you don't want to know anything about it, you're gonna to want to skip ahead. I'll try to remember to leave a, like a time in the description to know when to skip this section. That way, you you don't have to worry about it. We'll move into the next thing. So, uh, 
And three, two, one, we're going to be into some spoilish territory. So, Tales of Arise has two openings. And I found this out because uh, a few days ago I was looking... I, I wanted to listen to the full song for the op- for the first opening. Because I actually really like the song. They showed... They uh, released the opening, like I think, like a month or two before the game actually came out. And I was like, this opening is fucking dope. Uh, it's the, the opening animation is done by the, the people who do Demon Slayer, so you know it's clean, it looks beautiful. I think the song is awesome, I just really like it. And I saw in the recommendeds on YouTube, Tales of Arise opening 2. And at Ooh. first I was like, well maybe it's fan made, but I saw a couple of channels have this video with the same like uh, thumbnail. Mm. And I was like, oh, there is a second opening. Okay, let me be careful not to watch that, because I haven't gotten there yet, I don't know what that's about. So you like accidentally click on it and you see one of the main characters tombstone. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> God damn it. It's ruined. <laughs> ruined. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there are two openings because uh, at a certain point in the story, something happens and you kind of move into this next main story plot objective in the world of Tales of Arise. So initially Tales of Arise, it takes place in this universe where there are two planets. Uh, the two planets are called Danon and Rena. So Danon and Rena, they're like super close to each other. Like uh, the game's mainly taking place on Dana. For what I've played so far, we're only on Dana. But like you can see Rena. Like if you look up at the sky, it's fucking huge. It's like up there. Wow. They're like they're super close together. They're, so like, it's planets, not even just like continents or countries. No, no, like, no. Wow. Full on planets. Yeah, like two full ass planets. Wow, we sci-fi. <laughs> So like yeah, uh, they're they're super close. They're twin planets essentially, and when the game introduces you to you know the story, they say that Dana used to live in this nice time, and you know they were chilling, vibing, doing their thing, I guess, and they assumed that Rena was like a place where like where people die on Dana, like their souls kind of ascend, like Rena was supposed to be like some sort of heaven or something like that. Mm. They were wrong. Uh-oh. They were they were hella fucking wrong. Uh oh. And uh. Rena invaded. They have advanced technology, so they flew down in like actual starships and invaded Danon. Danon's kind of more of like this uh, primitive uh, kind of thing. So not more, pr- but more like fantasy-like, you know? Oh, okay. Swords. And- Ooh, I kind of like that idea. It's the whole sci-fi versus fantasy. And then like even like Rena's not like super sci-fi, but their sci-fi is enough to the point where it's like they have spaceships. Yeah. And like some higher tech, higher technology here and there. But they're not like suit. They're not like fucking Mass Effect sci-fi. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just enough so you could tell the clear difference. So they invade and they just, you know, with their superior like armor and their technology, they just fucking curb stomp the Danons. Like they fucking wreck their shit. Like they they stood no chance, and they enslaved the Danons. And it's been 300 years at that point. So Fuck. 300 years have gone by since Rena invaded Dana, and the Renans have enslave them so when you start off you're in one of the the five realms the world of dana is split into five realms each realm is real ruled by a different renin lord and we'll get into why that is in a second because it goes with like the main portion of this plot but the world you start on is called uh, the realm you start on is called calaglia so it's like this rocky desertous wasteland region it's super fucking hot there's flames on the ground everywhere it, it, it looks like it fucking sucks, honestly. <laughs> and um, the the Danans work as slaves, and they kind of just mine 
but they're not mining for anything specific but them like working extracts energy out of them so in the world of tales of arise there's this thing called astral energy and astral uh, people have astral energy within themselves so as they're working they're having like their astral energy drain from them as they work to the point of like exhaustion and death and whatnot and it's being extracted and used by the uh renans renans for some reason they uh, all the danans have these stones embedded in their hands and that's what extracts the energy from them oh okay. and so there's kind of like a little racial slang term for the danans they're called embedded so it's it's supposed to be like an insult uh, and Goddamn embeds coming taking our jobs. <laughs> well, they ain't got no jobs. They slaves. <laughs> They're fucking like just sla like it's literal slavery. Oh, like wow. they work the mines all fucking day until like they pass out from exhaustion and die, in which their bodies are then burned because they don't have time to actually have a funeral or burial for people. So they gotta get it out of the way because it'll rot and cause disease. So they just burn the bodies by the pile. It's really fucking sad. Like it's just like, damn. This is not beat around the bush. This is straight up fucking slavery. Like it's just dead ass slavery. It's really fucking sad. But um, the Renans, uh, like kind of, they get a slang term too. They're called bright eyes because Renans are the only people that can use something called astral arts, which is essentially magic in the world of Tales of Horizon. Just tales in general, arts and stuff like that. So they're like, they can only use that. Like Danans can't use astral arts. There is an exception. We'll talk about it. It has something to do with the part, one of the party members. But, but so they're called bright eyes because when they use astral arts, their eyes start to glow. Mm. So like a lot of people that resist the Renin's rule, they call them bright eyes. Like that's their little slang term for them. But anywho, they're working the mines and we're introduced to our main character. He's simply known as Iron Mask because he has this iron mask over his face. You can't see his face. That's what his name is. He's called that because he was found about a year prior to the events of the game starting, and the doctor that works at the mine site, simply known as Doc, named him that <laughs> because he has an iron mask on his face, and he didn't want to give him a name because the dude's also suffering from amnesia. So he wants it to be like, when you find your name out, it's not like, oh, you have this other identity. Like, this is a placeholder until you remember who you are. Okay. So... Iron Mask is interesting because he doesn't remember anything about his past. He just showed up. He just ended up in fucking Calaglia a year prior to the events of the game. And also, he can't take the... There's no way to take the mask off. They've tried. They can't just... They can't get it off. They can't break it or anything. And also, he can't feel any pain. Uh, no matter how many times you hit him or strike him or even if he bleeds, he doesn't feel it. He can still get injured. He can still bleed out and die. But he doesn't feel like hurt by it. Like an injury wouldn't like affect. He wouldn't be like ah. Like he wouldn't. He doesn't even like notice it at times. And Doc's always patching him up because because of that. So we got him. You know, working day in and day out. And you kind of are going back to your bed. They sleep on like fucking like slabs on the floor with like rock pillows and these broken down like remains of homes. It's really sad, dude. Like they they're treated like garbage. Like they're they're left enough to like live so they can keep working until oh, they're wow. dead the bare minimum yeah and it's and he's and he he's like is this really it is this like really all there is for my people and i'm like bro yeah that fucking sucks so the next day uh he has to work at the fucking uh train cargo so they're like pushing these train carts 
and it goes into this cutscene where somewhere else nearby there's a resistance of Danon uh, people fighting against the Renans and they're stopping like a shipment they have. So as the train stops, I guess they got intel that there's someone going to be in there and it's some Renan girl with like long pink hair and she's chained up and they're like one of the, the dudes that works in the resistance groups like, I found her and he reaches out to like, you know, help her up and he gets shocked by touching her and he falls on the ground. This character is Xion. Xion is a Renan girl, a uh, woman, young lady, young woman. We don't know much about her at this point but um, give a long story short, we find out what Xion's deal is. She wants to fight against the Renin. She doesn't explain to you why she wants to. You find out as you go deeper into the story why. Uh, she's kind of like cold, very Sundere-ish character. And she also has something called, she calls a curse of thorns. So people can't touch her. If they like physically touch her or get too close to her, like this, these thorns come out and like shock them and like hurt them. So she's always kind of grown up and lived this life where people like don't really get get too close to her because of that. So she had this sense of isolation, which is why she acts the way she acts because she doesn't want to hurt people mm. and she doesn't want to get too close to people because they end up getting hurt and leaving her. Ah, so, so that it feeds into her character. So Metal Face and Spiky Shock fuck, right? They're eventually gonna fuck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't fucked yet, as far as I played. I'm like, oh, they gonna fuck. They gonna fuck because my my boy can't feel no pain. Mm -hmm. So. Eventually, you know, their paths cross due to certain things, and uh, Iron Mass ends up joining the Resistance and helping out. So, their goals, Xion's goal and Iron Mass's goal kind of, like, coincide, because she wants to kill all the Renan Lords. Again, she does not tell you why she wants to do this, but you go along with it because it helps the Resistance who want to free themselves from Dan and Rule, and you want freedom, you being Iron Mask. You want you you know you want freedom you want to explore you want to have the right to choose you don't want to be a slave so you guys team up because you can actually like physically like touch her without getting hurt and also she has this thing called a master core so the way the master cores work is the reason why there's five realms and there's these five uh red and lords that rule over the realms is the red and people have something called a crown contest so this is pretty much the plot for this first big portion of the game this is what you're led to believe is going to be the story. The crown contest is a competition that lasts, I think they said like 10 years, or they have it every 10 years or something like that, where each of the Renan Lords gathers up as much astral energy as they can, in which case, you know, they work it off their slaves in whatever way they do, and they collect it. So they don't try to kill the slaves because it's better to keep the slaves alive because you can keep getting energy off of them. Yeah. So, which is why the slaves in Calaglia are given the bare minimum to live so they can keep working until like, you know, it just gets to the point where they can't. And whoever collects the most astral energy in these master cores, which, you know, grants them even more power, becomes the sovereign, which I guess is like the ruler of the Renan people. Okay. So that's the whole point of the competition, which also is fucked up inherently because these people are being enslaved for like three centuries for some fucking contest. To determine the next ruler of these other people. So Iron Mass is even more pissed off knowing about that. He's like, really? That's why we're fucking enslaved? This is bullshit. Like, yeah. like he's he's clearly pissed. Well, anywho, Xion has the Fire Master Core. She's not supposed to have it. She's not a Renan Lord. She took it from the Renan Lord, which is why the Renans had her captive. Mm. And it leads to this. So it starts reacting or like acting up. And uh, Iron Mass goes to help her. 
and he's actually able to touch her and he reaches out to the court and pulls out like this flaming sword and they're able to defend themselves against uh the redden soldiers so now the resistance is like we can use this to our advantage you you two together can help us free Calaglia from Danin or Renin control. So he can hold this flaming sword and use it in battle because he's he doesn't have a memory, but he's somehow good at swordsmanship, so it probably mm. goes with his past. Yeah. But the sword still causes damage, he just can't feel it. It's it's super fucking hot. Like no one would just be able to hold this sword. Yeah. So he needs Xion because Xion powers the sword with the astral energy since she has the core. But he's the only one that can wield it. And oh. she also can heal him every time he like holds the sword it's fucking burning his hands yeah so she has to heal him afterwards so they they have to team up so essentially that's the team up okay okay so you you do the first dungeon and you get to the first boss the first boss uh his name is balsive big old dude fucking douchebag he's known as a beast he's like a wild man he just likes to throw down he has this huge ass axe and fire powers interesting enough he's not meant to be too like intricate because he's essentially like your uh prologue boss is yeah. your prologue story you do the boss fight bunch of shit happens as you're fighting uh balsive clashes with iron mask and the energy from balsive's attack breaks part of his mask so you can see like part of iron mask like face and he kind of has like a surge of like these random flashes of memory come to him and so the boss fight continues you do the second half the boss fights are great in this game by the way too they're really fun um you end up you know, winning the day and all the energy collected from Balsif starts to go wild and forms into this giant, like, fire avatar. And after you beat Balsif, it's, like, holding him and, like, burning him as it's holding him up. So Balsif is dead, which is cool. <laughs> Fuck Balsif. Um, but now the fire avatar is going out of control. And so uh, Iron Mass uses the, the burning sword to, like, absorb the flames. And he swings... And there's this giant gate that like blocks off the realm from the outside world. The realms don't have a lot of contact with each other unless the Reddens are transferring cargo. So people don't know how life is in other realms because they've never lived outside of their own realm. So uh, um, Iron Mass essentially breaks that wall. So now the people are free and Balsif is dead. So Calaglia is freed and he's kind of like known as his hero. And as he and Shion are like standing there, he's like, I remember my name. My name's Alfin, and he like starts screaming it out, and then the opening plays, and you're like, "Oh, oh that was the prologue!" <laughs> so, all right, all so, right. So, so from there, you you travel outside of Calaglia, and you go to these different places, and that's how you meet your other party members. So in the next section, which is like your chapter one, you're introduced to Law. He's a martial artist, who's also the son of the leader of the resistance. You join. Mm. The leader's known as Zephyr. Zephyr is a cool fucking dude. And him and Law don't get along for certain reasons. And you start to see differences between the realms of how the realms work. Like, life in Calaglia sucked because it was, like, literal downright slavery. And in every realm, they're seen as slaves. But it works differently in this next region called Cislodia. It's a cold region. And it's where they harvest light astral energy. So okay. the, the uh, realm lord there is uh, going to control light powers. But, um... The way it works is he's super cunning and conniving, the Lord is. And they're all the, the Danons are always being kept on watch, like 24-7. And you will be arrested for even the slightest fuck up. Like, shit that seems like insignificant, you can be arrested for. And they're always watching you. They call the, the dudes that watch you the snake eyes. Mm. But also, 
you even have to watch out for other Danons because Danons get rewarded for ratting out other Danons. Oh, shit. So now no one trusts anyone in yeah. Cislodia because they could rat you out at any point for a reward. And a lot of the time people do it because, you know, they got to feed their families and do stuff too. So it, it just fucking sucks in general because there's this huge distrust and that feeds into that part of the story because a lot of people there's a resistance group there too and a lot of shit is shady going on in that resistance group but you're introduced to law who works as a spy for them mm. for certain reasons and him and zephyr don't get along i don't want to spoil too much yeah so i'm just trying to go over it without spoiling too much and you're also in also introduced to another character before that named rinwell she shows up to like uh, ask for help in Cecilia. Okay. And Rinwell is a Danon, but she's also a mage. She can use astral arts. And that's because, uh, long story short, there used to be a mage clan in the Danon world back in the day. But back in the day, even Danon shunned these mages because, you know, they had... It was like kind of like a witch hunt thing. Yeah. So they kind of really kept to themselves over the years, but her a lot of her people got slaughtered to the point where she's like one of the last people. So she's like the only Danon currently right now that can actually use astral arts. She's like an old school mage, like a spellbook and shit. Okay. So she's your... She has extreme distrust towards Renans. Like, she is like, why are you fucking with a Renan? Like, like she does not like Shion. And Shion doesn't really make anything better because she's not trying to play friends with everyone. She's like, I'm trying to kill all the lords. Yeah. Like, we gotta move along. I'm not trying to, like, stay and help people. If you ended up being helped, that was just, you know, a coincidence. So, like, now the team, you know, is not really getting along and bonding. A lot of shit happens. So you fight the Lord, you move along from there. You get to the third place, which is called, um, I think it's called Menencia. And it's, like, for the Earth Realm. So it's, like, this beautiful grassland. Things pretty. It's sunny. It looks really nice. And they're like, fuck, I wonder how people are treated here. They're treated real fucking nice in Menencia. <laughs> like... Danons and Renans are just chilling together really? in the fucking capital city. So it's like such a shock to our party because they've never seen shit like that before. They're like, what the fuck is this? Do we even really need to liberate this place? And the one way, you, another way you could tell a Danon from a Renan is, um, Danons have been stripped of their culture to like almost entirely. So they don't even have last names. Okay. Because there's more Danons than there are Renans. So that sense of like, together and having a family and a bond could lead to a rebellion and they don't uh, want shit like so they've stripped them of like a lot of their culture a lot of you know their their monuments their armored building structures all kinds of shit like that so they don't even have a lot of names so they're introduced to one of the higher up guards members which is a party member her name is Kisara uh, I love Kisara Kisara is beautiful mommy she can step on me uh, <laughs> she's night Big old shield and mace, heavy defender. Uh, but she introduces herself as Kisara, and so they're like, no last name, so you're a Danon. They let Danon guard? They're like, yeah. It's it's just fucking normal there. And essentially, I guess, since the new lord took over, he's, like, broken down that wall. Like, Danon's and Renan's just chill. He wants peace. Okay. And so he's your sixth party member. His name is Dolahim. Oh, wow! So you're introduced to him, and then more shit goes down behind the scenes. It's not all hunky-dory and sparkly as it seems. Like, Dullahim is trying to have peace between the two, but not because 
oh, I'm actively trying to, you know, change things. It's because he's running away from a past to a certain extent, and he's just tired of hearing the suffering. Oh. So it's kind of for his own selfish reasons. There's more to it. Like I said, I don't want to spoil shady shit going behind the scenes. Not every one of the Danans that lives in Menzia agrees with Dolahim. So that leads to stuff. Stuff with Kisara's family, too. da 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 You move on from there. You have your full team of six. So you move to the next area. It's the wind area. A lot of shit goes... I, like, I, I'm starting to say less and less, because like I said, I don't want to spoil shit. I think when I do a full review, I'll just spoil the fuck out of it. <laughs> but, um... The fourth floor... You get to the fourth place, and the main city's already kind of, like, wrecked. And you don't see a lot of people around. And you meet the Dan and Resistance that's there. And they're like, yeah, bro, we just recently overthrew our lord. And you're like, oh... So we don't even have to do anything, do we? Uh, wow, the game's doing the game for you. <laughs> like, so again, not all is going as it seems. You meet the leader of the resistance. He's kind of an asshole, but that's because he's lost a lot of family. So it's kind of hardened him. But he's he's like a fucking douche. Like I was like, dude, fuck this guy. And they're just like, yeah, we we fucking like took their their technology and their explosives and bombed the hell out of them. And it's like, well, how did you evacuate like? the Danon so they'd be away from the blast they're like we didn't oh. but it was better than like them keeping us enslaved so it's motherfucking it ironwood like, it, yeah it was like really fucked up it was just like people died like innocent people died so if ironwood succeeded mm -hmm. that's pretty much what it would be and they didn't even like kill the lord like the lord she escaped and they've been looking for her so you're also trying to find her too and you eventually go back in the town and they said they found her and they're gonna like burn her and this and this. But for certain plot reasons that happened in the previous area and what's going on now, something really fucking shocking happens. I was like, oh, this bitch finessed everyone. <laughs> like this is all according to this Lord's scheme. And she ends up getting away and then you learn more about Rinrell's past. Like this lady directly affected Rinrell's family. Oh. So she wants revenge again. Like a lot of shit happens. And there's other characters at play, like there's a, this mysterious swordsman that you see in Cislodia. He's just slaughtering monsters by himself, and you're like, who the fuck is that? Meta Knight. And he's terrified, like they don't even want to get near him, and he just leaves. And then later, when you're on your way to the, like the, the Land of the Wind, he shows up randomly and just beats the fuck out of your party. I'm talking, we have a full team of six, and he fucking drags you. Like, the actual fight itself, you just kind of have to survive long enough. But he only chases down Alfin. Like, he only directly targets Alfin. Like, your friends can mm. interrupt and stop him. But every time when he gets up, he fucking starts booking it straight towards Alfin. Is he that, like, big black knight guy in the opening? Mm -hmm. Oh! With the blue sword? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh! So maybe... Because I was like, okay, Alfin has the red sword. This guy's got a blue sword. There's possibly a connection here. There's something going on. Oh, I'm sure. Like I said, when I do a full review, I'll talk about it. All right. Can't wait to hear the plot of this. But um, after the fight, there's like a cutscene where he just fucking bodies all of these niggas. Like, they're all trying to... And it's. I was like, I'm embarrassed. Like, these niggas got fucking obliterated. <laughs> like, obliterated. And then after everything's said and done, some shit happens and he leaves. So it's just like, fuck, he just kicked the shit out of us and left. <laughs> so you do the fourth fight. You beat her. The boss fight, another unique boss. All the boss fights are pretty unique, too, actually. For the most part. Like, the major boss fights are pretty yeah. unique. 
Uh, dude shows up again <laughs> at that point, and a lot of shit goes down. Da 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 da. It leads us to the fifth area, which is the water part. Water. Uh, a side note: I get real uncomfortable when you have to swim in video games because I'm so distrusting of what's in the water in a video game. Yeah. It's only happened like a couple of times, but ever since then, I just don't trust it. Even if I know there's nothing in it. There's yeah. nothing in the water in Tales of Arise. I still don't trust it. Jack and Daxter is what traumatized me <laughs> the, for the first time jumping yeah. in the water and the giant, like, dude. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, no. Like, it's fucking ruined it. It's just like, like, I'm so uncomfortable being in water in video games. And you kind of have to do a good chunk of swimming in that area. I'm just like, fuck, fuck, get the fuck out of the water. Get the fuck out of the water. Like, like it just made me uncomfortable. But, um, light spoil well, not light spoilers, but I, I kind of figured this out as I was playing through the game. Uh, Blue Sword Guy is the fifth lord. He's the water lord. Oh! Blue Sword, Red Sword. I, I started to assume it. Like, like, I was thinking, like, well, maybe he's a lord. And then, like, we were getting close and we got to the wind lord and then he beat the fuck out of everyone. I'm like, well, maybe he's the water one. And he was the water one. I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay. So it's like water slash ice. Yeah. But he's the last fire. lord you fight. So a bunch of shit happens. A lot of plot development. A lot of character growth. It's really cute. You know, you've grown as a team. You do the last fight. Pretty cool fight. Of course, you get the dub. Uh, so pretty much, spoilers again. Like, I, I didn't get too much into detail because I do want people to enjoy the game and the characters and how they evolve. But pretty much what Xi'an wants to do is collect all five Master Cores. Because apparently when you fuse them together, it makes something called the Renis Alma, which is like this all-powerful item. And she believes that she can use that to get rid of her curse of thorns. Mm. Also, when a uh, fifth lord shows up after you beat the fourth lord, uh, he, uh, during like a scuffle with him and Alfin, he shatters the rest of Alfin's mask. So Alfin like starts having the rest of his memories flood in, and then he... The, the Lord kidnaps Shion. Oh, okay. And you're reaching out for Shion, and, like, you are you grab her hand, but then you feel pain again, because you're... Because oh. I guess the mask was suppressing your pain to oh. the memories. So you get shocked, and you get knocked back. And it's just like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> so now Alfin, during that point, too, while Shion's not in your party, he can't use the blazing sword, and he starts to feel pain, so he's just like, fuck, everything hurts. <laughs> It's like, oh, fuck, I and had a crank in my neck this whole time. And he's also, like, sad and broken because Shion got kidnapped. Mm. But, yeah, after that, you know, you get you, you find her again. So now, Alfin, you can see his beautiful face. He's a pretty guy. Uh, so you get the cores, and everyone's just like, nothing is happening. We have all five cores. I like to also mention at this point, there are six elements in the world of Tales of there's fire, water, earth, air, light, and darkness. Darkness. I was waiting for the darkness. The thing about the light and darkness is, uh, fire, water, earth, and air can be found on Dana or on Rena. You can only find light astral energy on Dana, and you can only find dark astral energy on Rena. Mm. So only like Danans could use like light astral arts. So only Rinwell could use light astral arts. And, but Dalahim and like Shion uh, can use like dark astral arts. But they can't use the opposite. Mm. So they're just like, why aren't the cores working? I don't get it. And then some shit happens. <laughs> and it scared the fuck out of me. Because they're standing there like, what's happening? And they're just like, hey, who's that over there? 
And then they turn around, and behind Alfin, there's just, like, this fucking lady in red with, like, these pitch black eyes floating in the background. And she's fucking... And Alfin turns around, and she's staring this nigga in the face. Oh, fuck. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then she holds out a Master Core, and it's a dark Master Core. And then the other cores react, and it forms the Renis Alma. And they're like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? And so Alfin turns and he's like, no, no, no. And he swings the sword and I guess he like destroys the Renis Alma and the lady vanishes. And they're just like, what the fuck just happened? And they're so confused. And they're just like, what's going on? Is it like over? And the Alahim's like, no, it's only just begun. And then the second opening plays. Ah. <laughs> Damn. So then you enter that second portion. Damn, dude. So I'm still super early into the second portion, so I can't say much about it yet. But one thing that I've found interesting so far is that they talk about this. It's been a month. It's like a month time skip. And then the second part starts and they're trying to, you know, reform like Dan and society with all the worlds like the, the fifth Lord's world was super fucked up because it was like complete subjugation. So the Danans only reacted to that Lord's commands. Okay. And the way he was farming energy off of them, he would just have them go in boats and they all just killed themselves. <laughs> and he was just harvesting, and they just willingly did it. No resistance, nothing, they just did it. It was fucking sad. Like, they're like, Alfin's like begging them not to do it, and they just keep fucking doing it. Like, they're just that under control. So they're trying to like get them readjusted and having like free will. So shit's going down like that. They talk about the lady in red briefly, but one thing that I found interesting that even had me like going back and looking at past like cutscenes in the game just to make sure I wasn't tripping and they're just saying some shit. Um, everyone except Dalahim and Shion, who are Renan, I might add. Everyone else in your party is a Dan, besides Dalahim, the, the third lord, and Shion. Uh, everyone else, all the Danon people, are mentioning. Yeah, we've seen that lady in red before. She was with Balsif before. Oh yeah, and she was at this palace. I always just assumed she was like an attendant or like an official for the crown contest for the lords. And I was like, bullshit, that lady has never fucking been there, ever, ever. I never remember seeing this woman. And they keep saying that she had been there. And I was like, am I tripping? And she was just in the background? And I was looking up scenes, I was like, this fucking bitch has never fucking been here. Like, ever. Not even once. And so I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So, but the only people that are like, I don't ever remember seeing her until, like, we saw her that night when she tried to take the chorus from us are Shion and Dalahim. They don't ever remember seeing this later prior to that. Wow. All the Danon people remember, though. So it's just like, what the fuck is up with that? Like I said, I'm still very early into the second half of the game. So I don't know what the fuck that's about. What the fuck? But it tripped me out because, like, I was like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like, I was reading it. I was, like, watching the scene. I was like, wait, wait, what? No, she wasn't. She was not fucking there. You're bullshitting. I'm, I'm and I, looked at, I was like, that lady had never been there. So I'm trying to, I'm thinking, like, what the fuck is that about? Oh, wow. So I'm. Alfin saw her? All the Danon people saw okay. her. If you're a Danon, you saw her. I, I see. I'm trying to wonder if maybe there's like a plot twist where... Uh... Oh, yeah. I didn't mention like when Alfin's mask broke, he got his memories back. 
Um, not gonna go too much into it because when I do my full review, I'll talk about it. But long and short of it, Alfin is a person from 300 years ago when the Danon, when the Renans first invaded. See, I knew he was something or something. And some shit happened with him that led to like someone putting that mask on him. So it was suppressed the memory so he wouldn't feel guilty about certain things that had happened. Oh. But it also fucked with his memories to a greater extent and it also numbed his sense of pain. So he's Leaf from Bug Fables. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> like, damn. Shit, I might just play this game. It's really you good. You know I'm a sucker for fucking convoluted, like crazy, like and the, really the, cool, the cool plots. The cool thing about it is it's not super convoluted. That's like, good. Like the game's not like all oh, this masterpiece, but it's really good. It's okay. like really solid all around. Maybe when I finish it all, I'll have higher thoughts of it too once everything is revealed. But it's it's like it's comfort food, but it's like it's it's par for the course tales game. But it's really, really, really delicious comfort food. It's like you put a little extra effort into this comfort food, I see. It's like Damn. comfort food with a nice little twist. And one thing I wanna say I appreciate about the first portion of the game is that I was like, oh, so the plot is we're gonna go from realm to realm beating the Lord. Each Lord is just gonna be this bad dude, big bad boss battle, we do those Lords. Maybe there's a six boss fight after like the true enemy. And that'll be the end of the game. Every like realm you've gone through has added like a little twist into the formula. So Balsif was like the straightforward like, oh, this guy's an asshole and he treats everyone as literal slaves. But then you get to Cislodia, this dude's a conniving fuckface who has everyone betray each other on a flip of a dime. Get to the third realm. This guy actually just wants peace, but not for like a solely just reason. But also not everyone's on his side. You get to the fourth one. This bitch played everyone. Yeah. And then the fifth Lord just feels so entitled. He's, they're like, well, are you doing this for the crown contest? And he's just like, what? He was like, what's the point of the crown contest when I've already won? Like, this is yeah. already rightfully mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's just so they were all very different and they all play out very differently. So I appreciated that it wasn't like the same formula all the way through. Then we get to a second half. It was like every event was different. It That's added good. a little spin to it as they followed the storyline and now we have a new storyline that we're exploring. Okay. Okay. So there's still plenty of growth for characters to have too. Which I also like because Dalahim and Kisara you get in the third part, in the you know, the third core. So it's just like, now we have more time to explore those characters because yeah. they've had a little less time to be a part of the party before we got to like that fifth fight. Yeah. So I, I like that. Dude, I'm really glad like, uh, like, cause I know you've been excited about this one. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad the thing you've been excited, you've been excited for worked out well for you. <sighs> okay. Yep. <laughs> so now we're getting into our, <laughs> a music review. I did a music review. I think was it last episode or the episode yeah. before? Last, last episode. episode. I reviewed um, Drake's Certified Lover Boy. So I gave. Uh, it was okay for an artist I really don't listen to. Here's Ryan's review for a band he really loves. This is my favorite band of all time, mm. Iron Maiden. I'm actually wearing one of their shirts right now. Iron what? Iron what? And then the back of the shirt says. Iron fucking Maiden, that's what? Yeah, um, spoiler alert. Uh. That's what? <laughs> um, so, I've been really excited about Senjutsu. Yeah. I've been so excited because this is their 17th album. Yeah, I was just about to ask, like, what? <laughs> 17. 17. <laughs> um, fucking 40 years 
of Iron Man. 41 years. That's fucking... First of all, that's that's fucking crazy. Yeah. To be a band that long... Yeah. Insane. And and I know members have gone in and out, in and Mm. out, but... But to still, like, be consistent. Yeah. Mm. And their albums have been pretty consistent for the most part. Yes, um... We can forget about the 90s with uh, X Factor and Virtual Eleven, their 10th and 11th albums, creative names, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, we can forget about that. We, like, Blaze Bailey's cool and all, but like we can forget about the Blaze Bailey era. Okay. Um, for the most part, their albums are very, very consistent. Uh, I've been very nervous in this modern age, because I'd say Iron Maiden has a split. Where it's like the 80s and 90s are very like classic Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. And then 2000s onward is like a modernized Iron Maiden. Like you can tell even from their album covers, it's less like uh, fantasy or sci fi and more just like spooky war and metal. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's very in touch with modern me- metal. Yeah, I'm trying to think like what was the last, like before this, like I'm trying to think the last time I like really listened to Iron Maiden. What was that? The Final Frontier? Yeah, Final Frontier. Yeah. Their fifth, their 15th and was supposed to be their last album. But I, then I actually like that one, too. Yeah, it's all right, but it's definitely lower on my mm-hmm. list of Iron Maiden no, like, like, I remember I was like, this is cool. Yeah, Final Frontier was cool. The last album, Book of Souls. Like, so Final Frontier was, like, cool, but forgettable to me. Mm. And so when Book of Souls came out, I was like, eh, you know, like, it can be all right. And it surprised me. And I okay. think it's because I had lower expectations. So you so you were just like, oh, good. Yeah. yeah. As Red in the Black is one of my top Iron Maiden songs. It's so fucking good. So needless to say, I was very excited about the song. And um, I guess before I go into my whole review, I'm going to go through the list of songs and just uh, say what I feel about them. Okay. Um, so the first song, altogether, this album is... Um, an hour and 21 minutes long. How many tracks is it? Because I, I know from, like, two of the tracks you sent me were longer songs. Like, one was seven minutes and one was, like, 12 minutes. Ten songs. Damn. Okay. So that has a lot to do with my review. Oh, I will shit. say that. I will say that. They got an hour and 20 minutes out of ten tracks? Yes. And although... Iron Maiden, previous to this album, when a song hits over, like, 10 minutes, you're like, really? Oh, wait, no, okay, this is good, this is good. This or, wasn't like that? It wasn't like that. Just just to also compare, I think um, Donda, like, Kanye's Donda is, like, about an hour and a half or something, or almost two hours, and that's 27 tracks. Yeah. <laughs> so, Which makes a little more sense. So they got an hour and 21 minutes off of half of what Donda is. Yeah. Because not counting Donda Chant, there's 20 songs. Jesus. <laughs> So the opening or 26 on I'm sorry. Opening track, Senjutsu. It's I'll, I'll say this. It's your generic title track Iron Maiden song. Okay. It, some title track songs are great like Number of the Beast, Power Slave. But then you also Power have slave. But then you also have some op- uh, opening track like title tracks like uh Peace of Mind and uh no prayer for the dying. Like, yeah, they're good, but they're not great. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that about Sinjutsu. Stra- okay. Stratego. If I'm, if I include singles, it is top song. Stratego okay. is like short, sweet, to the point. 
Like, great single, it goes hard. Writing on the Wall is also a really fucking good song. But then okay. again, a single. I'm gonna tell you this. If you take the two singles out of this album, subpar. Yeah. Um, okay. Lost in a Lost World is the fourth track. I actually really liked this one. Okay. Um, it's a runner-up for my personal favorite. I'll say that. Good, good, good. good. Yeah. Always good. Um, then we got... Um, Lost in a Lost World, by the way, is like... Nine minutes, twenty-nine seconds. Mm-hmm. It was. It, it's an alright song. It, it's. It's a good Iron Maiden song. I would say that. Okay. Like you listen to it, and you're like, yeah, this is Maiden. Mm-hmm. Then we get to Days of Future Past. Oh my God! I was so happy to see it say four minutes. Yeah, that's uh, the first one I listened to, and you sent me it, three. It's was, a really good song. No, I, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was, yeah, I jammed to this. I'm definitely yeah, gonna listen to it. Yeah, it's <laughs> a really fucking good song. Like uh, that is my personal favorite. Then I'll, we get to the Time Machine. I personally think Time Machine is the most well-done song on this album. Mm-hmm. It uh, has a nice little like slow part in the beginning, and then it picks up. and You can tell it's a song where if you were alive, you'd be chanting along to it, oh, having fun. Okay. Like, this is going to be like one of the live songs. Like, yeah. like how one of their songs, Blood Brothers, it's a song where it's like if you listen to it, like it's a great song like especially the opening lyric is like uh i'm taking a walk through the garden of life like it's just it's so fucking good but it's a lot better live than it is just listening like i'll listen to the live version over the recorded version okay makes sense makes sense and then you have darkest hour which is the next track i was very happy because it's been a long time since like uh, since Fear of the Dark, honestly, minus some songs off like Dance of Death, where, but even those ballad the ballads in Dance of Death did have faster parts. Yeah. This is the first time in a long time since like Fear of the Dark where I just have like a solid ballad that's just it's good, it's good. Nice. Death of the Celts. This was contender for worst. But it grew on me the more I listened to it. Okay. <laughs> it, it was like the more I listened to it, I'm like, okay, this is a good song. It's just at that point, I was jaded with the 10 minute tracks. Like, oh, you're just like, fuck again. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, we get to the parchment 12 minutes, 38 seconds. I will tell you this it's five minutes too long. Like, <laughs> it, it, it does a riff, and you're like, okay, okay, yeah, we got like four. Four uh, like beats of the riff, okay. All right, we're gonna do four more of a slightly variation. Okay, we're gonna do four more of a slight lead variation. That okay, we're doing that again. Okay, here's some lyrics. Okay, we're back to the. Ri- I'm like, just, you don't need to just do this, man. Like, yeah, like come on. And then you get to hell on earth. 11, 18 minutes. Honestly, I usually stop listening by the time I hit that track. I don't know if it's good. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I'm, like, I, I'm sorry, Maiden. I love you guys, but like, come on. Um, according to my uncle. Okay. This is what, like, at first I was like, you know, it's an all right album, blah blah blah. Like they did their part. I'm sure they worked hard on this. Guess what? They didn't. Oh. Uh-oh. Apparently, the drummer Nico McBrain was very frustrated because every day they'd show up to the studio and be like, okay, so what, what do we got? What's someone got? What do you got? Oh, you got that? All right, let's work on that. Let's just do something off that. Mm-hmm. And that's how the album was made. 
Really? So why are you gonna make a fucking album that like has this I like this identity? Uh, yeah, and it it plays off like it's going to be a concept album. And yeah, yeah the the concept is war, but like all of their fucking albums, the concept is war. <laughs> like I'm so holy shit. They I'm just, so they just had like jam sessions in there. Like cool, we got an album. Dude, it, it's, <laughs> when I realized that, I realized like all these fucking songs are jam sessions. That's why they're which, ten minutes. Which is it's great if you're a garage band. But you know, or like it's That's one why of your ultimate. They're just fucking jamming. Yeah, and, and they just happen to be like, ah, we gotta record I'm it. I'm sorry. It's like maybe if this was like their third or fourth album, I'd be like, whoa, they did this for their third or fourth album. Y'all had 40 years in the fucking making, and you put out this. Or like, even if it was like like some kind of project they just released before like an album. Yeah. You know, how like rappers do like mixtapes yeah. and shit before they yeah. do like an album. And you're just like, oh, this is cool. It's just some tracks like, before I'm, you actually get an album. I'm interested to hear what the throwaways are. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. Oh, like, fuck. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. Wait, these are the throwaways. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm not dissing the album. Uh -huh. I'd say it's a decent album. Maybe my review might see otherwise, but I'm comparing it to no that and that's previous totally, album that's totally fair like like when i was doing the drake review i was like i know it sounds like i'm going in but the drake album it, it got a b for me pretty much yeah but my problem with it and the reason why i went in so hard with it i'm like drake's been in the rap game for over a decade and he hasn't really shown a lot of innovation or variation from what he's already been doing he's just comfortable in this zone and it's getting stale yeah. so like i understand what you're saying like you're not trying to be hard on it but it's like you gotta compare it to the legacy. Like, if I were to write, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be like '80s, '90s made it. Yeah. But it's like, come on. Now. Yeah. You it literally. Tried a little better. Literally, my Yelp review of this would be, "Come on." <laughs> like, so I'm just gonna. I, I when I told you, I'm like, I want to review the Maiden album. I my plan was to go in depth with this. Yeah, yeah. I've listened to this album about ten times, and I still don't know what to fucking make of it. <laughs> and it's like, like. As a hardcore Maiden fan, it's a good album. Some of these songs are added to, are going to be added to their repertoire. The singles. Yeah. And <laughs> and maybe uh, Time Machine, if people like that. I feel like Death of the Celts could be too. I want to see... I need to see them live. But I also don't want to spend money to see... Because their tour is going to be small scale. Which I already know Maiden tickets are expensive. So it's going to be a small scale scale tour i'm not gonna be able to afford these tickets mm -hmm. um so i'll have to wait for youtube and uh the tour is going to be just the album from what i hear um and i'm like that's cool and all so they're just gonna have like these hour and a half performances yeah <laughs> which is fine usually they are because they jam pack all their songs in there but i'm gonna have a 10 10 track 10 track where like half the album is like 10 minute songs yeah <laughs> And it's like maybe the encore, they'll play like Trooper, Number of the Beast, and Blood Brothers, and then end it with Running Free. And I'm like, cool, cool. All the songs I always see. Great. Like, but here's my review. Okay. So, <laughs> production, the mixing, the variety, six. Mm. And you know what? Mm. I would give it a seven. But, Caveman, you need to get off the fucking producing because. Something that he's been doing, their, uh, their producer, something that's great about Iron Maiden is when you listen to their tracks, you can be like, oh yeah, 
That's Dave playing. That's okay. Adrian playing. That's always That's good. Yannick playing. That's always good. I love this that. album. I except for the solos, I can't tell. It they, they blend it all together. It mm. all all like all of them have their like it's I swear it's like they have the same settings on their guitars now. And I know it's not necessarily their fault. It's it's the mixing. It modern metal is a, is really good. Iron Maiden is not modern metal, and I think they would benefit better if they went to their roots per se. While also like not, I'm not saying yeah. I, I go back to peace of mind and and uh, that era and fear to dark. And I'm like no no no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I swear, this album would sound a lot better if I could tell who's who in Senjutsu. Yeah. Yeah. So solid six for production, vocals and delivery. I will give it a seven because Bruce still fucking kills it. I, he still fucking kills it. From the ones you showed me, yeah. Like he he has a voice. And Ed, the even the songs where I'm like, I'm so sick of this song. When it hits the chorus, I'm like, all right, all right, he, he's all right. Just got a really like a uh, unique voice. Yeah. Like exactly. it's it's very like you it's defining you can tell what it is. Man's as old as shit and he dealt with throat cancer and he still sell, sounds like Holy this. Holy shit! Yeah, like damn. yeah, like so yeah. I, I would be, I would be an asshole if I gave it under a seven. Mm. So, what sucks is I'm giving it a seven because I have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Lyrics and theme. I will say. I need to re. I need to actually sit down, sit down and read all the lyrics. Maybe this will change, but none of them stood stood out to me. All you know, like when when you have a, a friend who's a poet, and you're like, "Wow, you like you wrote really good poems. You should work on like more." And they're like, "Thanks." And they come back to you with a series of poems, and you're reading them, and you're like, "It looks like you just like took a word off your word of the day calendar and just and wrote around that." Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like to me. Like, you know, every starting poet. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you have something there, but, like, it just doesn't speak to me. Like, I'm not, I can't, I can't tell you a lyric off the top of my head. Except for the chorus, which is, Iron Maiden choruses are like, here's a line, here's a line, here's another line, here's the first line. Yeah, you sing it live and you have fun. Like... I could tell you a lyric off Drake. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> she a lesbian? Yeah. <laughs> And um, engagement is a five. Damn. Oh yeah. Also with the, the the lyrics and the theme, I give it a six because they really played it off like it was going to be like, I don't know. I was maybe this is my opinion. I felt like it was going to be like very Japanese influenced. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely none. Where usually in their um, albums, you can get the theme of it. Like Dance of Death has this kind of like eerie like afterlifey kind of theme to it um a matter of life and death you feel like you're going into battle power slave like you feel like you're in like ancient egypt kind of even if the song is aces high about flying planes in world war ii like it still feels it still feels like it fits all these songs if you were to take half the songs and sprinkle them into like book of souls or final frontier it would still work so theme out the window yeah so you said six, seven, six, five. Yeah, because engagement is five. Because honestly, I listened to this a bunch for the review. I don't know how often I'm gonna put this album on. Mm. 
So that is 24. 24. 24. It's a, it's a champagne with beers. Hey, so congratulations, Iron Maiden. You made a Miller High Life. Got a B minus. Got a B minus. So I will say, I'm drinking a Miller High Life right now. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, if you're going to go into this album, your best bet is to not expect much, and you will enjoy it. Certified level boy got a higher score than Senjutsu. I'm so upset, so <laughs> I want to move what on. What did Certified Lover Boy get? Like a 26, I think? I yeah. think I gave it a 26. <laughs> I, I expected to have like a nice 45-minute conversation about Iron Maiden, but I want to move on. Can okay. we move on? We can move on. Can we move on? Oh, side note. Will I do a Donda review? Maybe in like episode 99. <laughs> I'll do a Donda. Can we just, can it we... takes so long to listen to that fucking album. And like, I feel like I need to listen to it. I've, I've listened to it again already. I've listened to it like twice now. I need to listen to it like one or two more times. So give me a minute. We'll, we'll do it eventually. Baby Keem dropped his album, uh, The Melodic Blue. <clears throat> I might do a review of that next episode. Maybe. If not next episode, the episode after. But um, the thing with that is... Uh, unpopular opinion, probably, for all you Drake stands. I think The Melodic Blue is better than Certified Lover Boy. I just... I, I'll explain it in my review. But it's just better. It just it just is. Now, is it a perfect album? Is it my album of the year? No. No, it's not. But it's 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 in my top. It's in my running for my top ten. I haven't done an official full top ten yet because we're we still have a few more months of music. So I think later, like maybe like one of the like like the first episode of December, I'll do a top. So hopefully all the music I want to listen to comes out at that point, so I don't have to change anything. But it also is kind of like you gotta judge it on a scale of like this is Baby Keem's like first official album. I believe this is his debut album. He's had like some projects before this, but they weren't like official album releases. And Drake's Drake has a few albums under his belt, so it is different because I'm saying like you know Drake's album was okay, but you know, compared to everything else, it wasn't really innovative, so I kind of went in on it a little harder. Whereas Baby Keem's album I'm going to be a little more generous on because it is his debut album, and I just really enjoyed it. I've listened to Melodic Blue more than I have Certified Lover Boy, and I only listened to Certified Lover Boy like the three times I did because I was going to review it. I've listened to the Melodic Blue like seven, eight times now, and I've listened to like my favorite tracks off that album a good couple of times. So yeah, I, next episode or the episode after I'll review Melodic Blue, but I can already say without a doubt, it's better than Certified Love Boy. And you niggas are gonna be mad about that because some of you niggas is hating on Baby Keem. That's okay. You can hate on Baby Keem, I guess. But he did a better job than Drake this year. I'm sorry, he did. And um, I don't like every track off the album. Some of it was unnecessary. He definitely could have shaved a few tracks off. But still a better album. Not as long as Certified Love Boy still even then. And it's definitely in the running for my top 10 of the year. So we'll do that and maybe later do Donda. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, any other music I'm going to read. A lot of music is coming out. So. Yeah. Oh, um, 
Lil Nas X's album came out yesterday. Oh, yeah, Montero. I've been meaning to listen to it. I, I listened to it yesterday. It was last night I saw on Twitter. As I, right, I, was, I was looking for shift codes for Borderlands mm. 3 because I was about to play. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'll say that. I've listened to it once so far. It's okay. I'll listen to it a few more times. Maybe I'll review that. Maybe we'll review that one too. Like Ryan and I can review it together. It's okay. It's good. It's a solid debut album. Okay. And uh, one thing I'll initially say that I can appreciate off of it is... He knew people were going to criticize him. You know, he, he even discusses it in a few tracks. It's like, I think it's like 16 tracks or 14 tracks. Excuse me, 14 tracks, I mean. So, you know, it's long, but it's it's solid. I feel like unless you're doing a concept album, you shouldn't be pushing more than 15 tracks anyway. That's like my general rule of thumb. There, of course, are exceptions. But, um, yeah, no, it's a solid piece of work. So we'll probably talk about it eventually. All right. But yeah, just updates for that. So let's move into like the last thing we're doing. Well, you know, before we do that real quick, I guess spoiler alert for what we're about to do, since the second half of this is longer, maybe, oh, maybe yeah. to jump into your whole, uh, our whole uh, road to 100, um, oh, we can make okay. next one just the retrospect kind of. Yeah. Okay. So I, I guess you consider, you can consider this kind of like a prologue to the retrospect. Yeah, and then we can do episode 99, a Kanye retrospect. <laughs> we can... a... No, because if we do a Kanye retrospect, bro, we'll be here for hours. Uh, that's fine. We can... Do you know how many bodies of work I could discuss from Kanye West? No, because Donda's too fucking long. How about So it... we're not doing... <laughs> we don't need to talk about necessarily bodies of work. We can just talk about that I'm man as doing... an individual. I'm just gonna do a donda review <laughs> all right it's too much ryan <laughs> it's too fucking much donda alone is gonna take up so much time <laughs> like, oh, oh god man. but yeah we're gonna do a naruto retrospective we we've, we've been meaning to get to it because ryan uh has recently been re-watching naruto yeah he's almost done and we'll we'll do a retrospective we'll talk about it but um we're doing a prologue now consider this the prologue we're doing like a general rating of Naruto openings. Yeah. So this one's definitely going to be shorter, which is why we're doing it at the end. The Shippuden opening one's going to be a lot longer. Yeah. Because there's way more Shippuden openings than there are uh, Naruto openings. But for the original Naruto, we're going to give our scores for the first nine openings. Yeah. Do you want to like maybe slightly discuss the plots as we give uh I mean, we can. Slightly discuss the arcs? We, we can. How, how, much, how long are we right now? We're almost two hours. We're like oh, yeah. an hour and 57. Oh, perfect. Yeah, no. Just like slight, like how we feel about yeah, the arcs. Quick rundowns. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the first opening uh, rocks. So, man, like, I got to say, first openings are always classics. Yeah. 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 Like, I love the whole 80s vibe. This, uh, this yeah, no, we were we were talking about it. <laughs> we watched the the first nine OPs before we recorded. Yeah. And I was, yeah, we were saying, like, very, like, still in the 90s OP, even though I think, well, I think the first episode of Naruto officially came out in Japan in 99. Yeah. It was 99. Yeah. Yeah. So they were still kind of there, but we were moving towards, like, the 2000s era of music where it's, like, that rock shit so so it it changes in the second op onward but like that first op was still in those ways of like roroni catch and yu yu hakusho kind of ops yeah it's good i like it it's It's a lot of solid op and it even though the opening practically shows nothing of the arc except for the fact that they're in trees (laughs) 
Which is, like, just a factor in old-school anime openings in yeah. general. Yeah. Like, definitely not modern ones, like... Modern ones will, like, show up, but pe people will consider spoilers, but I'm just like, you already know what's gonna happen in the arc. You may not yeah. know every detail, but you already know what the, like, that's, the arc is about. That's what I always laugh So it just, like, shows, like... Yeah, this is what the arc is about, but it's not really spoiling that's, anything. That's why I laugh when people are like, oh, anime intros just spoil it for it me. It spoils stuff in hindsight. Yeah, because when you look back, you're like, oh, oh, that's what that is. But it's not explicitly telling you that. Like, like we know Caesar dies in part two of Joe, but it doesn't explicitly tell you Caesar you, dies. You, you just see Joe, uh, Joseph putting on a headband. And, and, you're then not, you oh. and then later when you think about it, you're like, oh, it's Caesar's headband. And he's like, Caesar. Okay. Or, or like when you see the five... <laughs> five lights flying across the world and the sixth one flies by and it's iggy yeah which comes in in the second half of the opening iggy's not even in the first part of part three yeah he's only in battle and, and battle like, of egypt and i guarantee it took me like almost the last couple episodes before kyle was like do you see that sixth light and i'm like oh yeah yeah what? it's like there's 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 a little easter egg <laughs> in the the first op yeah and yeah so like when people are like i skip spoilers because i i mean skips openings because i don't want a spoiler Sometimes I will say, like, in Shippuden, there is one slight spoiler that there, you can get. Yeah, don't get me wrong, there are spoilers in certain anime OPs, but not every anime OP spoils shit. Yeah. Sometimes they just kind of, like, have events very abstractly shown, so after yeah. you've seen the full season or full arc, you're just like, oh, that's what that represents, and yeah. oh, that's what that represents. But you wouldn't know that if you went in blind. So yeah. it's not really spoiling anything for you. Exactly. Show the fuck out. The only one I will call out is Shaputin, um in Sign. It's like the scene where it's like dries upside down, he closes his eyes, and then a bright light, and then Naruto staring at a gravestone. You're yeah, like, yeah. oh, They're shit. just like, ha, he's <laughs> dead, <what's>... nigga. <laughs> but then I also have to say, like, Naruto and like a lot of older animes came from an era of people who were like, I read this manga and I really want this animated. Like mm -hmm. nowadays it's more like a manga starts and they're like, we're going to make the anime very soon. Don't worry. Or it'll be like the manga will be an out for a while and then the anime airs and then people get attention to it and then they'll start reading it after the fact or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Like a lot of the time when I read manga now, it's because I've watched the first season of an anime. I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm going to read this shit yeah. now because I'm so into it before uh, it's like before anime openings were just like hey manga readers look what's coming mm. now like it, also side note uh i'm probably gonna start reading tokyo revenger soon too oh yeah <laughs> because season one uh finished yesterday i watched the episode today holy shit i gotta read it because it ended on a cliffhanger mm. and, and it was a fucking cliffhanger Damn. i was just like for real you think I'm about to wait a year for this? Suck my dick. <laughs> Shit. Oh, that manga's also about to end. It's currently in its, like, final arc in the manga. And from what people have been saying, they've already adapted, like, two of the six arcs, six major arcs. So from what people are saying, is like, season two, they could do three arcs, and then season three could just be the last arc. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, that could be a solid three-season show with a great storyline. Just a side note. Watch Just Tokyo Revengers. <laughs> but anywho. But yeah, dude, like that first arc of Naruto, it's it's so crazy how like the beginning and just like, oh, this is lighthearted. Oh, this is fun. Oh, there's a cool bite. Zabuza. And then Zabuza. And you're like, oh, shit. Side note, Zabuza is my favorite villain in Naruto. He's so cool. Especially because <laughs> his, his moral compass is what gets me. Because... Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, I'm this way. I'm a product of the uh, the blood mist village. And mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, that shit's fucked up. It's like our our graduation is killing everyone. 
So I wasn't even part of the class and I killed everyone. And you're like, oh! Oh! Zabuza! <laughs> and, like, I, the relationship between Zabuza and Haku is just. It's a really well done relationship. Mm -hmm. Like. If I could. The original trap. If I were able. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, that was a stop. I would want to go to the same place. That yeah. was a stop. <laughs> like, I, I, I love Zabuza, uh, especially of how um, he, when Haku dies, like, he's like, nah, he's just a tool. Like, don't, I'm not worried about that. I'm fuck all that shit, bro. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, fuck you, man. And then when it's like, when Gato is just like, yeah, you little fucking piece of shit sidekick. And Zabu's like, okay. And he slaughters all those men yeah. with a kunai in his mouth. Yeah. I was like, mmm. And it's, it sucks because I would have loved to see more of Zabuza, but he was perfect for that starting villain to like, just bring you into like, like, yeah, nigga, this is real out here. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I will say. Like, he's, he's a good, like, first villain. That's why I will say I really liked in Shippuden when he comes back and him and Haku are like, kind of the focal points of, yeah, these, these reanimated bodies are not on, like, under their own control. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like they had to fight them. Like the whole time he, he's like telling Kakashi like oh I'm about to do this like so like <laughs> look out man <laughs> yeah no it's it's a, they, they do a really good job at reenacting that fight in um Ninja Storm 3 oh yeah yeah cause oh. cause of the quick time events it's really cool oh man yeah I plan as soon as I plan on uh, as soon as I finish uh Naruto the series I'm gonna my plan cause I have all four of the Ninja Storm games oh, I'm nice, gonna play nice. through them just cause yeah. I wanna revisit all that yeah they're they're super cool but yeah, no, Zabuza is my favorite villain. He's, he's and they don't so even well show him in that opening at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I kind of wish they did. He he does really set, like, a tone. And one thing I'll say about villains in early anime, a lot of early villains aren't, like, super important. Mm -hmm. In which case, they don't need to be because, you yeah. know, it's just to help move the plot along and move the character along before he gets to more major stuff. But I'm glad Kishimoto set it up like that because it really helped easing into the Chunin exams. To yeah. Just to see how serious it was before they got to the Chunin yeah. exams. And, and it's also Zabuza and Haku's words and ideology affected Naruto. Oh, yeah. To this day. Greatly. Like, yeah. A like lot he of, still remembers that. A lot of who Naruto is and his personality about everyone can be saved mm. comes from Zabuza and Haku. Yeah. And it, it, it's such great. And then, Very memorable. I figure we'll go into the number reviews after our okay. discussion. Um, next arc with Haruka Kanata. Fucking uh, solid opening. Solid just opening. All around solid opening. It, it makes you so hyped. If you don't like this opening, you're just weird. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. Weird. You're fucking weirdo, bro. You cannot. I'm gonna say everything else can be opinionated for these other openings. I guess. Not this one. You cannot like, <laughs> like alternative punk, and you cannot like raspy shouting, but you can still love this opening. It, it just and and it like it does a good job of being like, just being like, here's all the characters. Yeah, they gonna fight. Who are they gonna fight? Each other. The opening. I, I think it's Asian Kung Fu generation. Yeah, Asian Kung Fu generation. Really good. They do. They do After Dark and Bleach. Oh yeah. They they also do the second to last opening of Naruto. Yeah. 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 The yeah. Blood Circulator. Mm -hmm. And then they do um 
they do the opening for Erased. Oh. Which is See, a really good song. They're, they're really good. Yeah, Asian Kung Fu Generation is, like, in general, like, even outside of anime openings, mm-hmm. they're just a good band. I've put on their, uh, their, um, Greatest Hits album once. And I oh, was right. like, this, this is the Yeah, no, they're a solid bangers. band, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just a good album. And, and it's a good, it's a good song for a really good arc. Yeah. <laughs> like, the tuning exams are good, bro. It, it's like, yes, um, you would say that the first arc of Naruto is almost a prologue. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of expl- world building and explanations. I, I'll say, like, when they got to, like, Zabuza and the bridge builder stuff, that's when I became, like, a really big fan of Naruto when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people didn't really heavily get into Naruto until they got to the tuning exams. Yeah. Like, once the tuning exams started, that's when a lot more people were just like, yeah, fucking Naruto. Yeah. Like, before that, people were like, yeah, I see Naruto. I watched some of Naruto and this and that. But, like, the tuning exams really made a lot yeah. of people fans. Because it's like, it There's always that arc. It introduces all these characters and introduces who you think is the main villain. <laughs> Yeah, they they always every every anime has that arc that makes people a fan. Yeah, or people like an arc that people just remember. Like people remember the tuning exams and people remember the ninja war. People remember the ninja war because the ninja war is so fucking long. Yeah, um, ninja war is half the show. Yeah, like people remember Bleach when they think back to Bleach, they think of like the the Rukia rescue. Yeah, when you think of Yu Hakusho, a lot of people think of the dark tournament. Yeah, dark tournament. Yeah, shit. Like there's always that arc that's going to stand out. Dragon Ball Z Frieza. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say that. Um, also, that arc is long as shit, too. Full Metal Alchemist, the whole damn thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole damn thing. <laughs> Can't even lie. <laughs> but, you know, I gotta JoJo's, ask you. JoJo's, you think of, you're probably mainly gonna think of part, part three. Stardust. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, oh who, what's your favorite fight out of the preliminary round of the Oh, like the, the, the intro stuff? Or, yeah, the, when they first do it in the fights. Yeah. <sighs> Who's your favorite one of those fights? I'm gonna either say... Naruto versus Kiba, just because how stupid it was with the fart. But the Uzumaki barrage is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love how Naruto and Sasuke both just copied Lee. Oh, yeah. They, <laughs> they jocked on my nigga swagger. Yeah. <laughs> well, technically, Sasuke copied Lee and Naruto copied, copied Sasuke. Sasuke. But it, it, yeah. it came from a source. <laughs> um, It's either that one or what's the fight I'm trying to remember? I, I guess. Oh, Shikamaru. Yeah. When he made homegirl hit her fucking yeah. head on the wall. <laughs> it was so great. It's like, I guess. I was like, think smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Shikamaru is my favorite. Um. My favorite character in Naruto is Kakashi, but my favorite like character of like the students, like the Kahana yeah. Eleven, is Shikamaru. Oh yeah, hands yeah. down. <laughs> I, I have a tie between Shikamaru and Choji, but Choji didn't hit there until like the fifth arc. Yeah, Cho- Choji's later, but I, I I got respect for my chubby boy. Oh yeah, <laughs> he. I will say he shines at Shippuden, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, I, I guess like I besides Lee and Gara because that's everyone's favorite fight and it has like the most iconic moment from the first series of Naruto. Not to hate on Lee. Y'all overhype that weight drop. I'm just gonna say that. It is one of the most iconic it's things. It's one of the most iconic things, but you gotta think one of Lee's most iconic fights ended in his L. Yeah. <laughs> so, that is true. Like, I love Lee and I love what he represents, but y'all gotta let that shit go, bro. Yeah. Lee didn't have that many weights. Yeah. It's like. He beat Sasuke that one time. Yeah. 
Lee has a lot of L's. He got a lot of heart, though. That's that's yeah. that's why people like him. I will Which say, is fine. That's an admirable trait. I love Lee for his heart. But y'all gotta stop acting like Lee was handing out the yeah. hands all throughout. Naruto, he, it's like he really wasn't. It's <laughs> like after that fight. And also the drunken fist fight, which he also almost oh, took an L. Yeah, he almost died. Yeah. Gara did too, though, to be yeah, fair. They both to be almost fair. fucking died. Uh, Lee almost <laughs> doesn't shine again until he gets that one good hit in Mar- Madara. Like, oh, yeah, during the war. <laughs> it's fucking, a one good hit. Is nothing in Shippuden. Which That's is why a when shame. people are like, if Guy was there when Pain attacked, I'm just like... I don't know, man. Maybe Guy would have had an impact, but, like, Team Guy? They would have gotten probably yeah. washed and like what, everyone else. What, it's, like, it's a good thing that Guy isn't there with Pain, because if Guy was there during Pain, he would have opened all the he gates. Might have, he might have opened all the gates, yeah. yeah. And then he would have been dead, because Naruto couldn't heal him at that point. <laughs> like, yeah. Personally, I think one of my favorite fights is, um... I really like what Shino does. Oh, the, the bugs. Because bugs, bugs. <laughs> he just stands there and he's like, all right, match over. Like, that poor guy's arm, RIP. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. That nigga's arm is done for I, good. I do really like Hinata and Neji's fight. Because even though Hinata took the L, she it's the first time you see Hinata is like, yeah, I might be like kind of one of the most L-taking members of the group. But she doesn't go down. Like, Which sucks. Yeah, Shino was the only one that got a win that round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, and it's it's like with Lee. Like, she had a lot of heart. Like, yeah. I appreciated Hinata for trying. Like, I, I, I don't fault characters for L's unless they're just like, fucking like, come on. Like, like I don't even fault Sakura for tying with Inu. Yeah, because like, people was... hate on that fight, but I'm just like. The first time I saw that fight, I don't know why people hate on that fight. The first time I saw that fight, I thought it was, you know what? Yeah, that is my favorite fight besides like the main characters. Okay. Because it's just well, Sakura is a main character. uh, Is she? (laughs) She's part of the main. I know, but like (laughs) in hindsight, like she has less screen time than a lot of people. What? <laughs> Ryan forgot Sucker was amazing. No, I, I, I know. I, I mean, like that's how little she does. It sucks because Sucker is in my top five characters. Shout out to the new generation of shonen females. Yeah, Nobara. <laughs> at, at least the the writer of Naruto, I forget his name. Uh, at Kishimoto. least Kishimoto. At least he admits he's like, yeah, I don't know how to write female characters. Yeah, like, I really, really like don't. he openly admitted like he's like, I, I I'm not good at that. I mean, yeah. which is which is nice that he admits that he's not good at it. Yeah. But like, nigga, get better at it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Tsunade is probably like the best written <sighs> female character in Naruto, and even she gets shitted on a lot. Yeah. But yeah, no, she is the best. Like, <laughs> like, but it's also because he didn't write her as like a generic female yeah, that he does Tsunade, the best. Tsunade kind of came out of the gates like goaded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, I'm a drunken gambler. Okay. <laughs> the granddaughter of the first Hokage. Yeah. <laughs> like. Who, who everyone she loves dies. Yeah. <laughs> like, she had a really good setup and story, so she kind of, yeah. it was kind of hard for her to fail yeah. as a character. Uh, I, I just, I feel like the, the, that part of the tuning in exams is, just sets up so much. Tenten got embarrassed. <sighs> they did my boy Choji dirty. Yeah. So you didn't appreciate him until later. Yeah. <laughs> Kagura got a W with his weird puppets. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Santrio. They they whooped. The Santrio washed. Yeah. I think they're the only team with all their members going on. Yeah, they are. Because Sakura didn't move on. Naruto and Sasuke did. Uh, 
Only Shikamaru move forward. Only Shikamaru move forward. Only Neji move forward. Yeah. Only Shino move forward. Yeah. Yeah, everyone else got like one person on their team moving forward. Uh, Naruto and Sasuke moved on, and then all of the Sand siblings moved on. Yeah. And then, um, so like, next arc with uh, the turning sadness into kind kindness. Oh, my least favorite of the openings. I don't hate it. It's not one of my favorite, but I don't hate it. I just, it just, whenever I watched it, I was like, that's not what this arc is about. (laughs) I almost don't get into it. And it's like, and then, and then I lose it right away. All (laughs) like, um, but I gotta say, that's a really cool arc. Learn yes. Naruto gets trained by Jiraiya. We have the second half of the Chunin fight, uh, exam fights. Naruto whoops Neji's ass. Like, uh, we get uh, that real. The Shikamaru definitely shows his colors where he's just like, I surrender. He's like, oh, yeah. he's like, I know if I move forward, I'm going to lose. So, and they're just like, oh. I'd rather take a motherfucking nap. Yeah. So they're just like, oh, this man knows when to quit. Okay. Yeah. I, I still gotta say, I'm gonna still call bullshit that Shiko. Valid reason that Shikamaru got promoted. Yeah. Valid reason still. I'm still gonna call bullshit that Shikamaru got promoted and Naruto didn't. When Naruto won all his matches and stopped Gara, Yeah. I get that. Like, people are like, maturity. He won all his matches and stopped Gara. Yeah. He won all his matches and stopped Gara. I, I will say that, like, the whole point of the tuning exams wasn't necessarily who won the fights, but, like, what they did during them. And Naruto proved himself every fight. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even just the wins, it was the, the factors against him. It, like, it, no one expected Naruto to do as good as he did. Naruto doesn't have plot armor, he has, like, except plot suppression. Neji, especially for that Neji fight. He has plot except, suppression. Except the Neji fight. Byakugan <laughs> couldn't see an uppercut from the ground? He has 360 vision, not like... Uh, Byakugan... That's a that's a stretch, my guy. I, I guess I can kind of see that. I'm gonna give it to Naruto, but that's a stretch, my dude. Yeah. That's a stretch. Could have gave him the W a little better than that. Maybe maybe that hole moved right there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like I'm gonna still give it to Naruto because of what the fight represented. Yeah. The best line too is when over Neji's like knocked out body, he's just like, when I'm Hokage, I'm changing your clan's rules. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Neji didn't live to see that. Um. <laughs> but I I really liked the fight against Gara, and I like how they introduced Shukaku, but then they're like later on they're like, yeah, he's the one tail. Oh yeah, he he's he's the weakest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's a good arc. Them, them tails really do mean uh, the power. <laughs> R.I.P. Sarutobe Sensei, but it, it, we all knew he was gonna go at one point. Yeah, he always fucked. It just it, it did surprise me how quickly in the grand scheme. In the grand scheme, yeah. In the grand scheme. At but the time, so, it was like wow. In, if you think about his life as a character, like yeah, yeah. He, he he lived a long life. Yeah. And I know a lot of people like after Naruto's ended criticize uh, my boy Hiruzen a lot for like, I'll, I'll I'll take good care of Naruto, Minato, and Kushina. Here's a fucking shack you can live in with some ramen, my nigga. 
by. <laughs> like, yeah. like what you think about it is like, nigga, you could have treated this kid there, a little better. I'm not saying pamper him, but God, there's damn. a lot of inconsistencies <laughs> in Naruto. And, and you can tell because there were different plans. Like, yeah. I believe Itachi originally wasn't supposed to be his brother, huh? No, not or, not necessarily his brother, but like he was just supposed to be evil. I think originally mm, there wasn't sense. like. Oh, I was doing it for the village. It yeah. was just like Itachi. I think I be, don't quote me, but I believe originally Itachi was just supposed to just be fucking. Evil. It probably wasn't until just he the was power making, thirsty bad. Guy. It probably wasn't until Shippuden, because in Shippuden, uh, when the yeah, first, that's you start noticing shifts yeah. in personality. I will say the biggest, um, biggest plot hole in Naruto happens in this arc. Oh, really? It's um when Orochimaru is reviving the Hokages. And uh, to fight the third Hokage. And he's like, I gotta stop the third one. And he stops the fourth Hokage from being revived. And then in Shippuden, it's just like, yeah, the reason why the Hokages weren't revived in the reanimation is because they were sealed away in this certain thing. Oh, which yeah. The so how was... could he revive Minato if Minato was in the Reaper Death Seal? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one major I wonder major if there's an explanation hole. for that. Maybe Orochimaru just didn't know. But the coffin popped up. Yeah. So it wouldn't matter because the coffin, that means there was a body inside. Yep. Huh. Yeah, I never even thought about that. Maybe, there, maybe there's a reason for it, but yeah, that, that that is kind of a plot hole because, yeah, he was <laughs> he was in the Reaper's belly. Yeah. That's why when they got them out, Hashirama and Tobirama are in there because Hiris and sealed them in there. Yeah. Imagine when they were five the Hokage's, Orochimaru's arms were there. <laughs> Save these for later. <laughs> His tongue just comes out. Imagine when, uh, if he didn't stop the third box and it opens up and it's Kushina. <laughs> she was in the Reaper Death Seal too, though, wasn't she? No, no, because Minato, Minato does the seal, but um, oh, the claw stabs You're right, her. you're right. She she just dies from being impaled. Yeah. Damn, what if it was Kushina? <laughs> no, I'm sure it's supposed to be the fourth, and yeah. he just later wrote the back, the full yeah. backstory like, later on, and then it just happened. Yeah. Contradict itself. All in all. Retcons happen. That, yeah. And when people nitpick them, like, especially in, if it's a short story, I'm like, what the fuck? If it's like a movie, like, what the fuck? But in a like, long you, you story. You time to think about that. But yeah, in a long story, especially with like shonen manga where it's like a weekly basis. Like, yeah. You might fuck. Yeah. Fuck up. Some retcons can be annoying though. So then we get. I, like, like, <laughs> yeah. one retcon that bugs me. I'm sorry. Just, just side note. In Dragon Ball Super. So, in Dragon Ball Z, you know how when Goku and Vegeta become Vegeta, they're just like, oh, the fusion's permanent when you use the earrings. Yeah. And uh, the only reason why they split was because when they got absorbed by Boo, Goku's theory behind it was the atmosphere within Super Boo, like, forced them to split apart. And that's why they split. There's a retcon in Super where the fusions with the earrings is only permanent if both people are, like, gods or someone within the fusion is a god so if you're just mortals then the fusion with the earrings only lasts an hour mm. there's no fucking indication of that in Z. this is a yeah. complete retcon this is a complete and utter retcon it still can fit the story because you can still say well yeah. then goku's theory was wrong it wasn't because yeah. of the atmosphere it's because the time ran out it's, but it's still like oh that was so unnecessary it's it's what there was no reason for that to be a thing because we know um, when Supreme Kai fused with Kibito and became Kibito Kai, in Super they're split, but it's because Kibito Kai, Supreme Kai says they 
they made a wish to the dragon to split them. Yeah. So we know they could have just made a wish to the dragon to split Goku and Vegeta. Yeah. So what was the point of the retcon? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just an excuse. And although, like, it's like it's an excuse and it's an ass pull, it's one of those ones where you're just like, ah, fuck, it does. It's like one of those plot holes that is just like, it doesn't ruin anything. It's just, just kind of like annoying. Yeah, it has, it's it's brought up so you're, you're like si- it's so unnecessary. You're sitting there and you're like, you mean against Kid Buu, they could have done it again? <laughs> well, no, they broke the earring. I mean, Vegeta curbs. He was like, I no, Vegeta was like, I don't want to fuse with you anymore. Oh, that's right. Which fits character. Yeah, they they don't want to team up. They want to fight solo. True, true, them. true, true. But it's it's just like it was so unnecessary. Yeah, did not need to be brought up ever. <laughs> like, sorry. Oh no worries. That just that just always bugged me. I was like, so stupid. <laughs> so the next arc is simultaneously a great opening and Kyle's least favorite. I fucking hate this. Episode. I don't know why. With every fiber of my being, I have absolutely. And I don't no know why. why I do either. But ever since I heard it as a kid, I just do not like this opening. Mm. Do not like it. It does get old. Do I will like say it. that. Got old for me immediately. It's like <laughs> it's so hype that it does get old quick. I will just say. Just like ugh. We are fighting dream. That is my you are my friend of the original Naruto. Oh my god. <laughs> but all in all, the arc is a the arc fucking is good. staple. The arc is great. Like I just don't like that. Okay. It, it really is like, okay, now that we have the world built and the characters set up and like all that, here's going to be the setup for where the plot's gonna go. Mm-hmm. Like we introduce Itachi and we hint at the Akatsuki. We bring in Tsunade. Akatsuki, skis. Like, my favorite part about that arc is, like, they're just like, Hey, Jiraiya, you saved the village, and you beat Itachi, and s- saved Naruto. Be the Hokage. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm not. I feel like doing that. You get this big, titty, 50-year-old woman to do it. But she looks 28. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, Tsunade is honestly one no, of the I, best I, I do like. I, I do like Tsunade. She's... She's one of the better written characters in Naruto. She is the best written female character in Naruto. Yeah, hands down. A lot of other female characters get hoed. Yeah. Uh, I won't count Kushina in that just because Kushina's only character development is in flashback. So yeah. she didn't really get time to grow. But I yeah. appreciate Kushina. Like, same with Rin. Yeah. Rin only get flashback. So yeah. same with her. Rin is very I like very Rin well. a lot. Though. Yeah. Like, I like Rin a lot. It's just, you know, she, she dead. So. And it's a shame that any like family ties that we get are filler. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a ten ten fucking thrown to the side. Even made a joke of in series. Yeah. Uh, Eno, who the fuck cares? Uh, Hinata, Naruto's it, woman. It, and <laughs> it sucks because Hinata and Sakura both have the potential to be all powerful beings. But they just, keep ending up in damsel in distress situations. Like, in, 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 even if not all powerful beings, just great, strong female characters. Yeah. And they even have the setup for it. Sakura is very confident. Sakura is actually really physically powerful. Yeah. And Sakura has something to prove. She's not from a ninja family. She wants to catch up to Naruto and Sasuke. Yeah. It's not just the fact that Sasuke left and she loves him. She actually wants to catch up and be a part of the team she doesn't want to feel left behind that, which is something established even in naruto which is it's like a lot in of original naruto. a lot of sakura haters need to remember that like sakura came from a high rank clan naruto is a fucking uzumaki with a fucking tail beast in him sakura came from a not ninja family and ended up pretty much becoming one of the next generation of the sani yeah like 
it, and it, it, it just sucks that she's just written poorly is yeah. the problem with her. And then, in and yeah, we'll get to a lot of that in Shippuden. Yeah. Because so I love Sakura up until the Five Kage Summit, and then she breaks my heart. Oh, yeah. They, they, they hoe her so bad. Yeah. And she's a main character. She gets hoed the hardest. Yeah. Um, Conan didn't get enough of her. Yeah. And they did her dirty in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Karin, who the fuck cares about Karin? The Mitsukage uh, <laughs> was like, I was like, this is cool. And then she immediately was not important. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I hate that her one character trait was like, I want to get married. I need a man. I need a man. No, you don't. <laughs> Shana got fucking out genjutsued and never did anything again. You mean Karin? Or Karin, I yeah. said Kushina. Karin, I fucking <laughs> never did anything again. She tried. Yeah, this is the, oh yeah, this is the arc where she's just like I'm gonna Genjutsu Itachi, and they're like I'll give it to her, I'll give it to her. She is the most like newest poor, member of the Jonin. Poor Kuranai though. Yeah. Her specialty was Genjutsu, and that was her fucking mom. I was oh. like Kishimoto. <laughs> I don't know how to write female characters. You just writing them into brick walls, bro. <laughs> Why would you oh. make her debut fight that? That was her debut fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John had to save everyone. <laughs> just kick that nigga. That's all you gotta do is just kick uh, that fuck nigga. It. I love that moment where it's like Kaka it's like Kakashi, Asuma, and Kurenai fighting, right? Fucking struggling. Yeah, and Kakashi then she trapped in a Genjutsu. And, and, and then Guy shows up and he just kicks he just kicks Kasame over and over and forgets who he is. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then Kakashi's like, guy, how, how you get over that Genji? Just kick that nigga, man. Just hit that nigga, yeah. bro. Just <laughs> kick him and look down. Don't leave, don't even look at him. Just hit that nigga. Yeah. Like, <laughs> guy is honestly... Guy's, guy is great. Guy, he, is, guy is amazing he, all he around. He might be number one. I love Guy. He, he kind of... He not only has one of the best fights in the entire series... But also, like, every moment he's on screen, I don't hate it. Like, yeah. Like, guy, guy's just cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a cool character. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. And then we get to the fucking the, Sasuke the, the, retrieval. The, the best opening. Yeah. The best opening. Hands down best, best opening. I, I know we were talking about uh, Harukuda Kan uh, Kanata. And you can't hate that opening. You can't hate this opening either. This is the best opening. Yeah. This is the best opening in the show. <laughs> it, like, kind of sets up the mood for what the rest of the show is going mm -hmm. to be. It, it's so good. Yeah. So. The part with the like, the symbol, like, and the symbol's like, you, just, you get this, like, funky feel where you're like, yeah. We're going to save Sasuke. Psych. <laughs> and it, it like, it shows off like the, these five ninja and only three of them stay relevant. Where boys became men. Yeah. <laughs> that was the arc. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Sasuke retrieval arc is just a good fucking arc. That's yeah. That's a good, and it's the, the last arc of the original Naruto. Yeah. For the part one for the boyhood arc. Yeah. What a way to end an arc. Though. Yeah. Like, 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 like I said, Kishimoto's not a perfect writer. We can see that with the female characters. Um, especially. Other things, too. But, like, the Sasuke retrieval arc is just a good arc. Yeah, it's like... Just a, 
good old fashioned, let's save this nigga. Yeah. And every <laughs> single fight is good. Like, Choji's oh, yeah. fight is really good. Neji's fight is that's really good. I loved, that's when you love Choji. Yeah. And then. Choji was willing to die for his niggas. Even, even, like, I will say, like, a lot of people shit on Kiba's fight. Kiba fucking Kiba, handled. Kiba put in the work. He put in the work. Like, his fight was the longest lasting. And, and keep in mind, Shikamaru also had to get saved. Naruto was gonna fight, um, what's his name? Kim, Kimi Kimimoto. Kimimoto. And then Lee yeah. was like, no, I'll do it. And then Lee was fighting him, and then Gara was like, no, nah, I'll do it. <laughs> and then Kimimaro died. Like. Because he was sick. Yeah. <laughs> Foreshadowing, by the way, of another character. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah, like, the sound siblings have to pull up to help some of them. Yeah. Like, Shikimaro's fight was really intense, too, but, like... He almost bit the dust. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy to think that, like, Kiba shines so much in that fight, and then he doesn't do shit for the rest of the series. Kiba doesn't do shit for the rest of the series. Lee barely does anything for the rest of the series. Choji and Shikamaru have some good shiny moments. Oh, yes. Especially in Shikamaru. Shikamaru took out an Akatsuki member. He He still took out an Akatsuki member. I don't give a fuck. If you take, if you're involved in taking out a Dakotsky member, I'm giving you your flowers. Well, I mean, in all actuality, like Shikamaru is the one who beat uh, Hidan. Like he lured Hidan away yeah. and fucking beat him. It doesn't fucking matter. He still beat one. I wouldn't. You have to have a certain. Sk- if you really think about the Akatsuki. Okay, it, it, in like a one-on- The only thing Hidan has going for him is that he is immortal. Yeah, and also that. If he catches you in his fucking death trap, but he has to don't. catch you in the death. Trap. Exactly. Like if you know about it, like he, he's yeah. fucking useless. Yeah. Like and like without that, he's not physically powerful. Yeah. Like when people are like, Viakotsky would beat Madara with teamwork. It's like no, they fucking no, wouldn't. they wouldn't. Madara would shit on them. The whole Hidan would be fucking absolutely fucking useless. The the five. If Hidan gets his blood, it's a wrap. How is he getting his blood? Yeah. Is he gonna fucking? Scythe through a Susano? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the five. That getting fucking fly swatted. The five Kage couldn't beat an underpowered Madara. Yeah. Like. Do you want my wood clones to use Susano too? Do you want my wood clones to use Susano too? Yeah. No, no. I don't want you to do that. <laughs> but yeah, like, 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 I don't give a fuck either way. Shikamaru still won. Yeah. Like I if if you're even remotely involved with the defeat of an Akatsuki member, you get in your flowers. Yeah. Sakura and you help you be they still won. Yeah. And I know people also argue that Sasari kind of like let them win too because he kinda of had the lost the will to fight. Yeah. I mean, I'ma still say a W is a W. He yeah. lost the will to fight during that fight. <laughs> a dub is a dub. But yeah, that 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 that's that's the best opening. It really is in the show, that, or in in Naruto at least, original Naruto. Yeah, it's definitely in my top best Naruto openings in general as a whole. Yeah, like I, I that's a good ass opening. It really is. And it's then, so iconic. It really <laughs> just 
it makes you excited, especially the how it slightly change adds things to it mm. as you're going. I love when openings do that. Yeah. I love when openings do like uh, it's still the same song, but we got some new animations like, to it. Like the first part of it is like Lee crying, and then it's him and Guy like dancing, dancing. and then it adds like the the sand three, uh-huh. and you're just like oh and the bandages, and then it's fucking Kimi Maru with the fucking sword. He's yeah. like, I'm a bone, you nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I, that should have been his catchphrase. I wish there was more. Um, uh, you know, what? we'll get into that in Shippuden. But um, man, yeah, no. Then we get the Sasuke and Naruto fight. Okay. And so opening uh, six, right? Yeah. Opening six is good. Yeah, no boy, no cry. It's good. No boy, no cry. <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. That's all. I, that's all I got to say about it. Honestly. It really is. It's, it's good. It's a nice little. If the if we were to end there, it'd be like okay, a nice little way to wrap up the opening. Mm-hmm. Too bad we got fillers. <laughs> but the Naruto Sasuke fight in part one is fucking great. It's fucking fantastic. That's a good ass fight. It's well animated. Uh, the motivations for each character is very well done. Yeah. You know the build up to that moment is very well done. It's just a good strong all-around fight and it, it gives you this glimpse that sasuke can be saved because at the end of the fight he walks away and he's just like he could have killed naruto he did technically kill him at one point oh yeah but nine tail fox yeah you know naruto only lived because you nine tail sasuke was only doing extra shit after because he let orochimaru suck on his neck yeah <laughs> like, give him like, a little sh- suckle like shut the fuck up like when people are like naruto is only on par with Sasuke because of the nine tails. All right, well we'll take away Naruto's nine tails, and then Sasuke can give Itachi his eyes back. Yeah, and then Sasuke can be fucking blind. But, but even <laughs> in even in that part, I know Sasuke technically won that fight, but the whole a lot of Sasuke's pushing himself above his limits mm-hmm. is realizing Naruto is stronger than him. Uh huh. And the the moment where Naruto like scratches his head there. Yeah. Like, it, it's all very symbolic in the yeah. end, and Kakashi not getting there in time. If, and, like, the overall impact that fight has for how the series is going to move along yeah. from that point is really strong. 100%, if Naruto was intent to kill, he would have won. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, when the fox first awoken, and he was just fucking clobbering Sasuke before Sasuke was fully, like, awakening the curse mark, yeah, he probably would have killed Sasuke. And Sasuke ain't got no fox to revive <laughs> But I, I do like how it sets the tone of how Sasuke can be saved because he walks away and he's like, no, Itachi, I'm not going to kill my best friend because you told me to. I'm going to beat you on my own. Pussy! Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, and when I watch it, I was I like, I mean, like, to be fair, you. Itachi didn't kill his best friend either. He killed, well, like, technically he didn't. Yeah. Shisu was like, here, take my eye. Yeah, take my eye. I'm going to go leave. Take my eye. Don't die. <laughs> Donzo got the other one. <laughs> Fuck Donzo, but we'll get into that later, Fucking too. Iced up with eyeballs. God, that most disturbing scene in. Remember it, when he fucking killed himself and it did nothing? Yeah. <laughs> that was so satisfying. Yeah. That was like good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm glad you didn't do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck you, Donzo. Fuck Donzo. Oh, and then the other three openings are filler, so we don't need to go into the depths of the plot uh, Yeah, of that. we'll just talk about what we felt about the opening. So seven, eight, nine. So yeah. seven. It was honestly seven is 
is subpar. It's like it's mid, some mids. I would say it's one of the weaker ones of the yeah. filler trilogy. The uh, filler trilogy. The filler trio. Yeah. Uh, it's like pretty much it goes in order of greatness like 987. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Cuz 8's better. 8's cool. 9 is the best filler opening. Yeah. Nine it, is a, you can It's a good song. You can arguably even say it's one of the best ones of the entire first half of Naruto. Oh yeah. No, like, I, I can I can confidently say that. It's yeah. it's I guess I, I would say it's in my big three of the original. Yeah. If it go opening five, opening two, opening uh, nine for me personally. All right. So let's get into our uh, ratings, shall we? Yes, yes. So I had Marilyn join in with me on this to uh, kind of give like a an unbiased opinion. Yeah. Because clearly we're biased. Yeah. Like I hate OP4. Yeah. So for rocks, um, we we judge them on our forty ounce things um, rate scale. Or we do it by instrumentals, vocals, the imagery, and then context and hype. So it's like instrumentals, how the music sounds. Vocals, you know, how yeah, how the vocal sounds. Imagery, uh, how the opening like the it shows like how it looks, what it presents, and then the context and hype is like how excited it gets you for the opening, how it re- actually relates to the arc. Mm-hmm. So rocks, Marilyn gave it in the order of what I said, Marilyn gave it an eight, eight, four, and seven reaching a solid 27. Okay. Um, I gave it, um, an eight, seven, 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 which, um, that's a, what? A 20, Six? Did I do my math wrong then? <laughs> I think I did my math wrong. Did you? Eight, eight, that... four, seven, twenty-seven. Eight plus seven plus seven plus seven. Oh yeah, so it's a twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Oh yeah, it's pretty so, good. So twenty-seven plus twenty-nine, and Kyle gave it a seven, 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 seven. It's decent across the board. <laughs> so that's a twenty-eight. Yeah. Divided by three. This rocks is a solid 28 ounces. Okay, so that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, so rocks average would be... Let me have another. It's let's, B. let's have another rocks. <laughs> Haruka Kanata. Um, <laughs> I gave it a 7768. Marilyn gave it seven six five four. Damn. Yeah, she she felt like the imagery and um the context wasn't really apparent there. What a feller! Not a <laughs> <plan>. <laughs> it, it, it is a lot of still images no, with nothing no, to I, show. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And then Kyle gave it nine nine seven eight. This is a good song. It is a good song. <laughs> so yours is. The... And it is a lot of stills, but like. Is a lot of stills of like tunings. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I'm like it, that's, with. That's why it influenced me. Her her way. context and hype ones are probably going to be a little off because she. I tried to give her short summaries, but it's hard to explain everything that happens in an arc. Yeah. So it's 28, 33 plus, uh, 22, divided by three. No, oh, that didn't work. Calculators, gotta love them. Uh, 
This is a solid, um, we're gonna round up. It's another 28. Okay. So let me have another. So let me have, all right, we drinking. All right, we, we be drinking. Okay, so opening three. Turning soundness into kindness. I love Marilyn so much. <laughs> she, uh, the instrumentals, she gave a two. God Vocals, damn. she gave a zero. God damn. Imagery, she gave a four. And context and hype, she gave a four. She turned, tore that shit apart. Yeah, she hated it. Um, <laughs> I did too, but I'm a little more biased. Fuck. So I gave a um, <laughs> seven, five, five, five. Jesus Christ. And Kyle. Ripped some shit to shreds. Kyle gave it seven, seven, five, six. I, yeah. I so this I, this one is a solid 19. God damn. So it's a it's what I could afford. Yeah. It's, it's a C. It, it probably is what they could afford. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Go. Great opening, but probably gonna get hit with Kyle. This one is Marilyn's favorite. Really. Now. She really liked it, but she likes exciting songs like that. So she gave it eight, nine, seven, and ten. Which is a 34. Jesus I, I gave it 8989, eight, which is also a 34. I'm giving this shit a hand job. Uh, and <laughs> Kyle gave it a 6478, which is a 25. So this song averages a 31. I mean, I guess. What, what is it? Cracking a cold one with the boys? Yeah, you, hey, hey, you know what? You know what? Go is cracking a cold one with the boys. I mean, in your opinion, I guess that's fair. I mean, think about the, the arc it, it, as a general. Great. I just hate that song. All right. I just fucking hate Let's that. move on to me and Kyle's favorite. This is the greatest opening. Oh, yeah. This is the greatest opening. Uh, Rhapsody of Youth. Marilyn gave it 7798. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I gave it a 9, 8, 10, and 10. Okay. Um, Kyle also he gave it a 9, 10, 10, 10. It's damn near perfect. Yeah, it really is. It sets if, up the mood so the well. It, I've li it's probably because I've heard the full song. Yeah, it's such a good one. Like the whole song is almost perfect. Hey, you, get a bit. Let's get a cold water. So. <laughs> uh, um, 36 ounces. Yeah, that's the best one so far. That's, uh, that's, oh, that's, a. Uh, I want this shit on tap. Oh, I want that shit on tap. I would that's love fun. a Rhapsody. I would go to a bar and order a beer called Rhapsody of Youth. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. It actually sounds delicious. Yeah, so, so that's an A. No boy, no cry. Uh, Marilyn gave it seven five six six, which is twenty four. Um, I gave it seven 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 seven, which is also what Kyle gave it. So what is that? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. So this song is a twenty seven ounce song. So that's another. Let me have another. Let me have another. I'd I'd have another. No boy, so, no cry. So far, the Naruto openings ain't getting anything less than a B. Yeah. Oh no! Except for I'm turning, sorry. yeah. Uh, except for the, turning sadness. It got a C. That is a C song. If some, if I was a teacher and someone presented that song to me, I'd be like, <laughs> God damn! <laughs> yeah, you get a right. C. You pass, I guess. So, wind and waves, satellite. Not a fan of the title of the song, but regardless. What the fuck does that even mean? I know, right? <laughs> uh, Marilyn gave it six six five six, which is twenty three. Okay. Um, I gave it a six six seven six, which is twenty five. And you gave it a 7666, which is also a 25. Yeah, it's decent. So this song is a 25-ounce song. So that is uh, Champagne of Beers. Champagne of B Beers. Minus. All right. Now, re 
colon member. <laughs> Clever. Um, Marilyn gave it a 7666, which is 25. Yes, yes. I gave it um, 7788, which is a 30. And you gave it a 7678, which is 28. So this song is a 28-ounce song. That is... Let me have another. I'll have another remember. I'll say that. Yeah. And finally, Swaying. Marilyn gave it 8968. That's a good song. 31. Um, I gave it an 8777, which is 29. Marilyn liked that one more than me. And... Um, you gave it 8897. That's a 9, right? Yeah. Yeah. 8897. So, that's a 30. I thought the imagery of the opening was really nice. It is really nice with the the whole silhouettes of yeah, them fighting. Like, it, it just looks really nice. That's a 30 ounce song. So that is let me have another. It's like almost uh, an A minus. It's like at the peak. So, if we're going to rank the best Naruto songs. We already know what the best one is. It's Rhapsody of Youth <laughs> is no, the best Naruto opening. I think we knew this going in. It was followed, be Rhapsody of Youth. Followed by Go. Whatever. And then <laughs> and then Swaying. Okay. I can dig that. It was almost my top three. Yeah. Haruka Kanata is my second favorite. Haruka Kanata is um, tied with uh, Rocks and Remember for the fourth spot. Fair enough. I can dig it. Wow. I think this episode's a little bit shorter, but I think next <laughs> little a little bit as in like it's not three hours, yeah. it's almost three hours. So <laughs> next, uh, we didn't go as much into Naruto as this time, but I'll admit I'm a little uh, once we do the retrospective though. Yeah, we'll go deep into not only just Shippuden but also the elements of what Naruto is. Deep and into how, its guts. Yeah, <laughs> we probably probably should almost specifically talk about Shippuden as a whole next episode, huh? Yeah, I'd be down. All right. Cool. He carried bitter to watch my ballsack Shippuden In the misheard lyrics video for that song, when it shows the picture of Naruto and Sasuke like kissing in like the flashbacks, mm-hmm. the fucking misheard lyric is Naruto gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like it's such a perfect world right yeah. now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that that about wraps it up. Yeah, I think Rap so. City of Youths it up. Ooh, I didn't drink a lot this episode, but no, maybe it's good. I've been a little sloppy the last couple. Rap City of Youth is our. In our opinion, the best original Naruto opening. Yes. So I guess we'll go over the many Shippuden openings next time. I think while we discuss Shippuden, how many Shippuden openings are there? Like 21? 20? There's 20. Jesus Christ. (laughs) We'll probably do it a little more organized. Maybe not just be like this, 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 and this. Well, we're probably going to be talking straight up about Naruto next episode. There's not going to be any like in between. Yeah. So if I finish Tales, we'll just save it for the episode after. Yeah. And uh, we'll go from there. All right. So I'll, I'll find us a good drink to have. Maybe not beer. Maybe we'll do wine, or maybe I'll make us mixed drinks. Man, for the get fun some of it. sake, bro. I might get some sake. Let's be real, Naruto. And we'll play fucking shogi, and then we'll we'll flip the board over and we'll cry about Asuma. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> he fucking flipped. Up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to play anymore, Dad. <laughs>
Let it out. <laughs> good son, it's good to cry. That's a good scene. And then bro. he's like, it's good to die. That's just a good anime animated scene too. Yeah. Like the animation in that scene is really good. When they're yeah. just playing Shogun, Shikamaru. <laughs> There's a lot of great animated moments in Shippuden. But all right, also R.I.P. Shikamaru's dad. He yeah. went out like a fucking boss. Shikaku. He's he was cool as Not fuck. Not to be confused with Shukaku. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he went out like a boss. Yeah. I, I really liked him. Oh, and Eno's dad, too. Yeah. R.I.P. to them niggas. It's so funny that, like, shortly before, Choji was like, Guys, I thought my dad was dead, and he wasn't. And they're like, that's great, Choji. Our dads are dead. <laughs> Damn. Choji, stay winning. <laughs> Meanwhile, Neji's with his pops. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. All right, y'all. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna head out. We're gonna dip. Gonna dip. Uh, so next week, I guess we'll start the road to a hundred with a little Naruto discussion, bro. A little little full on Naruto discussion. Whatever yeah. one of your retro first retro specs since I joined in. That's true. That's true. We said I'll watch a Yu Hakusho together. I guess yeah. season five we can do Yu Hakusho. Retrospectives every time. Yeah, I'm down. Season five, that'll be it. Season uh, the, five, that'll be like one of our like uh, running regular segments. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about where I am in Yu Yu Hakusho. Cool, cool, cool. I'm All right. Cool. All right, y'all. Uh, thank you guys for 90 episodes, and let's get ready for these next 10 as we head into episode 100. Holy shit! Love you guys. Thank you for all the support, all the love. Spread the word. Because we are trying to make some money off of this so we can do this full time. We don't do it for the money. We're, yeah. we're not making any money off of this and we're still doing it 90 episodes deep. But it'd be nice if we could make some bread. It, it, it would be nice if at the very least you guys paid for our beer. Beer and then like, you know, in the future we can get better recording equipment. Yeah. Like that's, that's definitely, that's 100% what the money is going to for us. Yeah. Like just you know, stuff for the production mm -hmm. itself. So, but thank you guys anyway. Bare minimum level support is always welcomed and always wanted. Yeah. Love you guys so much, and we will catch you next time for the Naruto Shippuden retrospective. That's exactly how that sound. Okay, now someone told me when it's coming that I could be your plushie, cuddle up with you or something. Weighty blanket sipping chocolate neck and golden bumping. A crunchy roll get cozy, my little story. What we watching? What we, I know that you ain't wanna start the combo. I see the way you look at me, the fireworks been starting. Ruby red cheeks roasting marshmallows, how I fingers locked in. But Tashi ni wa koku haku ga ai ma